に発信します。I'll say, um, uh, start. エヴァンゲリオン初号機リフトオGood evening, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, here, and tonight I am joined by Tobias. Hey. And Sully. Hello, hello. And Tori. Hello. And Bill. Yo. And on this episode, we're not going to be reviewing anything other than, well, I mean, we're kind of reviewing something, but aren't really. We're talking about a convention we went to. Um,. Hopefully on the feed, you guys have already listened to the episode that we put up of the other half of Third Impact Anime going to Momocon, uh, but this half that's on this podcast is talking about going to Animazement in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I think that was uh, two weeks ago from the time of this recording, so uh, we're just kind of going to go through it and uh, talk about our experiences, what we liked, what we didn't like, and um, all the awesome stuff that we got to do and see and people we got to talk to and just sort of go over the weekend so if this seems kind of scatterbrained it's because it is um we don't really have an outline for this we're just kind of going to kind of talk about it um so that's how we like to do it here in our conversations episodes uh but before that i guess want to just check in with everybody and see how everybody's doing and uh what they might be up to so uh bill tell us what you've been up to lately or anything that you're excited about or what you've been doing since animazement um, actually, cause, uh, well, I'll probably get into this later into the podcast, but Animazement was a really positive experience for me. So I, I've been watching more anime lately. Um, I picked up two things at Animazement. I picked up a, another Lupin special because I always have to get more Lupin in my life. Uh, I got the Alcatraz Connection special, uh, which sadly is not good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it, it, but I, I don't blame it because it's of that era. It's 2003, so it's in the DigiPaint era. So it doesn't look all that good. And uh, the action scenes are kind of boring. So it has an interesting premise. It just doesn't really do anything with it. Uh, mm. I watched also Arcadia and My Youth, the Captain Harlock movie, Ooh. which I also picked up. Nice. Uh, I freaking loved it. It was so good. Um, I don't want to go too far into it because I'll just talk about that all day. But uh, the thing I took away from it the most was that end theme that plays at the end credits is such a bop. Uh, Austin, (laughs) I'm going to ask you, using your editing powers at the end of this segment, please uh, play that at the end of this segment. I'll Uh, think about it. And I... In a happy accident, for, uh, I got to watch finally uh, uh, Goemon's Blood Spray, the second, uh, uh, the second Fujiko Mine spinoff uh, OVA. Uh, for some reason, TMS just put it on Amazon to rent or to buy, and I rented it, 
And uh, it was really good. Had some really good action scenes. I did a Twitter thread review of the movie. Uh, You can go check that out. And on an even happier note, on the official TMS Twitter account, they basically said, hey, U.S. fans, we're not forgetting about you. Fuchiko Mine's Lie is coming to the U.S., so don't worry. It's coming. Oh, boy. So I am... Now, when they say coming to the U.S., does that mean theatrically? I I don't think it will. I think what they'll do is they will probably put it on um, platforms for you to rent or to buy, like they did with this one. Um, And you can also... I I was able to rent it for $5 on Amazon, so it was totally worth... My five dollars. I highly recommend that. I've, I've only seen it. the one scene where Goemon just like cuts up some fools in the graveyard, but I think that alone is worth five bucks. Well, <laughs> to, Tobias, I I'm probably gonna have to come down to where you're living because you still have not seen Woman Called Fuchiko Mine. We're gonna fix that. Yeah, this, it's gonna happen this year. It. It's. You, you, <laughs> I'll, I'll I come down to where you live. Sure. I'll sit you down, and, we're, and I'm going to say we're watching. This. I will. I have a certain set of skills, and that's making you watch Lupin the Third. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's funny how how good you are at that, Bill. You've gotten. I mean, you've gotten me into the Lupin bug oh. super hard, and I know that you're slowly chiseling away at uh, at least all of the people on this podcast. Yeah. But oh, I mean, admittedly, Kylie Ostro sold me on Lupin, so it's oh, really yeah. good. Uh, and my last thing I've been watching was this is a Tobias recommend mm. is I've been watching Kaiba on Crunchyroll. Yep. I'm halfway through out. the series. Uh, oh, did I say it wrong, Tobias? No, no. I mean, I'm just saying it just came out on Crunchyroll. So anybody who has, for whatever reason, not heard me talk about this show, you can watch it very easily on Crunchyroll right now. Yeah, a uh, brief setup. It's a dystopian tale not set in a Blade Runner type universe, which is a nice change of pace. And yeah. it's uh, kind of a twist on uh, memory and of your physical form is really entertaining. It's probably some of the best writing I've seen <laughs> or best storytelling in anime I've seen in a, yeah. in a while. Uh, also the most depressing and sad. <laughs> yeah. So it, if you, I mean, I mean, Bill, but you can back me up. Like episode three, Chronicles Boots. If you don't cry uh, during that episode, uh, I'm wrong it, with you. I don't know. I don't know what's with you. If you don't cry during that episode, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I I highly recommend it, and I'm uh, going through that show and enjoying every last second of it. So. Well, I guess we'll just have to do a podcast on it. Yeah, I have to push you guys to watch it. Yeah, I've owned it for almost two years, and I still haven't seen it yet. But uh, yeah, (laughs) one of these days, I swear, I promise. Sully, what have you been up to? (laughs) Oh, crying? Yeah, a lot of that. Um, I'm still working on my grad school application process and uh, if you hey, if you've never done that before like I've mentioned it like months back it is more of an arduous process to do it right than you would think like it's a lot of me uh, basically like reaching out to people and doing writing samples and stuff and now I've reached the point where everything I can do is done and I just have to wait for like my letters of recommendation to come in and uh, to, to look over some edits for my writing samples, and it's just giving me the most endless anxiety. Like, I'm in a permanent state of anxiety. And then I went to Animazement, and it was done. And when I came back home, the anxiety came back. Um, 
<laughs> Other than that, um, like Bill said, it, it's very nice to go to Animazement, and every time I come back, I have this sort of reinvigoration to explore my otaku hobbies. And with that, I have started absolutely nothing new. Um, I have <laughs> recently just come to the to the conclusion, and I, I now accept myself openly for the fact that I am an old, an old taku at heart, despite the fact I am only 25 years old, and most of the things I've gotten really into were very popular when I was probably a baby, or not even born yet, um, and I'm fine with that. The only thing I'm really keeping up with is Fruits Basket, and I'm okay. Uh, so when I went to Animazement, uh, Austin gave me this lovely devil man demon bird OVA VHS and I have now that I have three anime VHSs I have decided it's time to start collecting them officially and not just you know holding on to them and be like oh okay um and do you want my four volumes of Superbook? <laughs> <laughs> why okay I have so many questions and we're just gonna address those <laughs> in another time um and you also surprised me with a copy of Rumiko Takahashi's Mermaid Scar, which I have yet to read, but I plan to set aside some time this weekend when I'm free to like like turn off my brain and uh or my academic brain and read it. Um but other than that, I have started reading uh No Tinky Mem- Mem- Memories or Memoir. Mm. And it's um the memoir of one of the Gynax founders. He's talking about Daikon and for- uh founding his uh the science fiction convention in Japan. Uh, meeting Anno for the first time. Uh, it, it, there, there isn't an English translation or like an official English publication, but a fan literally like took a, like undertook a, a single person project to translate it with footnotes and put it on their website. And so I've been reading it that way. I'm about halfway done. It's very fascinating. It's a wonderful look into that time period and that uh, uh, that sort of time and place and in, in the culture and in the fandom. But it's it's kind of funny how much of it still rings true in 2019, even in America. Um, I do recall that at one point that book was in print in the U.S. I want to say ADV put it out. Yep, I have it. Oh, you do? Okay. I've been yeah, trying it, to yeah, hunt. yeah. This is back in the ADV era, and uh, it is out of print. It has been out of print for a while. Uh, you can buy it for like a hundred bucks, I think. Last time I checked Oof. on Amazon, so it's not cheap. But uh, yeah, I think it's got all the footnotes. Let me see if I have it here on my shelf. Yeah, it's got a bunch. It's got a bunch of footnotes at the end. Uh, then it must about, be a transcription, or maybe he did his own. He edited some, but I've been reading it that way. Maybe so. Way. Yeah. Um, I I was under the impression it had not been uh, published in English, but it I hasn't been published to, this decade. Yeah, I'll try to hunt down a copy because it's wonderful, and I I've enjoyed it uh, immensely. Um, and I've also started watching two J dramas. Uh. uh Blue Blazes, which is kind of again in that same area. It's uh, another person in That's that a good friend group. With that book. Yeah, it's kind of funny because a lot of the events sort of overlap. And in the, on that website where the, the guy has the translation, he actually puts in clips uh, from that show as they line up in the narrative of the memoirs. And it, if you're not aware of that show, it's a uh, a story of another major anime player meeting Ano, who is his sort of rival. It's very funny to see a man like Ano, who I sort of see as the embodiment of a very weary, world-weary man who is just very tired, and he's played up like a Scooby-Doo villain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've been watching that. It's, it's, it's also a lot about like manga. There's a lot of manga history there yeah. as well. They, you, they mention a lot of uh, famous uh, mangaka. They name-drop Rumiko Takahashi quite a few times, and you spoiled it for me that she actually, her herself shows up, and my eyes are 
very keenly awaiting that. They've had some of the Ursa Yatsura editors appear as themselves in like a flashback. Um, but okay. I have yet to see the Queen herself appear, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And other than watching that, I've been watching um, Where 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 Have My Skirts Gone? Uh, it's like Ori no Skato Doku Ita, and it's this J-drama that just recently came out, like maybe a month or so ago, and it's about this... Uh, this gay man who is hired to teach at a public high school, but when he is in teaching mode, he dresses in drag, in, in women's clothing. Um, he identifies as gay, but when he's uh, at work, he likes to wear women's clothing, and he's kind of been hired, it seems, as, as a sort of diversity initiative. And uh, it's kind of right now, I've, I'm only like three or four episodes in, it's this sort of push and pull between uh, the students who are like, oh, I don't like this, and the faculty who are like kind of getting used to him because he's also kind of a punk he doesn't like to follow the rules um he tears down the school's gate in the first episode because they shut it five minutes early and he's like well why would you shut a store down five minutes early? no i if i but so it, it's really good unfortunately it's not officially licensed it's fan subbed um i'm hoping someone picks it up so that it can get a release because it would be nice if more lgbt media from japan uh, made its way over here so that we could, you know, enjoy it and, you know, learn about another culture's, uh, pride, I guess. <laughs> so, watch Where Did My Skirts Go? Or, uh, Ore no Skato Doku Ita. I don't know if I said that right, but I think I did. <laughs> What's Tori up to? Um, sorry, I just put a cough drop in my mouth. <laughs> that just um, says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> It does, it does. Um, so I'm sick, if you can't tell. Um, once this is done, there will be a super cut of all my coughing from my audio track available on our Patreon for $5 a month. <laughs> it's funny because that's a possibility that it couldn't be a joke. <laughs> um, what have I been up to? I don't know. Since the convention, mostly nothing because I haven't had to like scatter to get stuff done you and i went to the beach which was really nice i haven't been to the beach in like three or four years um Mm -hmm. other than that i have not been watching any anime um i've been reading manga um i just not too long ago read the first volume of our dreams at dusk and that was really good um i read that um witch hat atelier uh the first volume of the reprinting of 20th Century Boys, because I forgot how good that was. Mm, I really um, want to read that series. Yeah, yeah, if you like kids on bikes and cults and all sorts of stuff, <laughs> it's a very Tory, very Tory series. Um, but I forgot how good it is. Um, let's see, have I watched any movies or anything lately? Um, no, other than reading some manga, um, I've been trying to get through the pile of model kits that I have on my desk, and I'm down to three, so I think I'm making some progress. <laughs> <clears throat> That's good. And Tobias, what about you? So uh, I went to this convention a couple of weeks back. Pretty fun. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Mm, tell yeah. us more. So uh, Animazement was kind of sandwiched between uh, my bi-weekly Dungeons and Dragons games, so uh, mostly just like prepping for that and uh, running it both before and after the convention. Uh, and also I somehow got looped into uh, doing a, a regular game of Gloomhaven, which is a and esque board game, very similar in tone, I guess, but very a, a, a bit more tactical than actual <laughs> D&D. Uh, a friend of mine picked it up, so we've been playing that, and uh, it's it's a been a time investment for sure, but it's it's a lot of fun. 
and in uh, one of these in yeah. one of these timelines, Tobias, you and I are gonna live close enough that you can teach me the ways of tabletop gaming. Oh man, yeah, I will. I'll uh, play Dungeon Dungeon World with all you guys. I love Dungeon World, and I think you guys will love it too. Uh, so one day, one day it'll happen. I have played Dungeons and Dragons a grand total of once when I was in the fen- uh, the fencing club in college. Uh, one day they're all like, "Let's go back and play Dungeons and Dragons," and they they got the sheets out. And they're like, "Okay, so here's the math." And then I just like my eyes roll back and I fell asleep. And I was like, "I'm done." Oh. You took the magic of building a fantasy world and then you added math. Like, Sully, you would you would love it for the role play aspect. It's really fun. I, mean, I was just gonna add in. I think th- I would definitely want to do Dungeon World specifically. It's a uh, more narrative story, uh, story-based game that's like similar thematically to D and D, but it's it's got a little bit of math, but not like that much at all. It's very light. Like yeah, most you're adding a plus two to a die, and that's it. Definitely more narrative-driven. But anyway, that's a whole different. Uh, podcast right then and there <laughs> so on top of that I've got another third ongoing analog game uh, we're playing uh, Betrayal Legacy which is like have you ever seen like Risk Legacy or any of those legacy board games where the idea is you play the game over and over again but you add things to it like you add stickers to the board or you tear certain cards up and the game progresses uh, this is a Betrayal in the House on the Hill which is a pretty a pretty fun game. That game uh, that, is really fun. That's actually yeah. the only experience with any kind of tabletop anything that I have. Yeah. So, so basically, fun. the idea of betrayal is like you all go in on this haunted house, and through a, a series of game mechanics, one of the person the people there is a traitor, and from there the game splits, and it's different every every time depending on what scenario you roll, uh, like the actual traitor rules and the rest of the party how they have to win. So uh, it, it just like taking that mechanic and adding it to an ongoing multi-week game it's been a lot of fun uh wasn't a huge fan of betrayal beforehand uh mechanic wise but i think playing it every week or every other week has done a lot to make it more interesting uh to us and one of the things it does for this is not only do you either tear up certain cards depending on what who wins those games but you add stickers to cards and uh other effects and you actually write names on on certain cards so it is uh, interesting to see It'd be both a card game and I guess something you'd see a video game do where you progress and change the rules as you go. So uh, in a more, um, I guess, uh, on-topic manner, the only other anime I've been watching outside of doing research for panels uh, was I finished Kaguya-sama, uh, Love is War. Uh, that was only the nice. one, that one season uh, from the beginning of this year. And it was, a, it was a really enjoyable ending. Uh, it was always really funny, and they kept up that humor all the way up to the end. It had a really satisfying, in-its-own-way payoff. Uh, the whole dynamic between the main characters isn't really satisfying. That's, that's kind of the joke, is that they can't really... They're too awkward, and they can't bring themselves to actually confess anything. But uh, I, I like the way it ended. I definitely set up for a uh, continuation. Uh, I don't know exactly where the manga is or if they're going to do it. I don't know if it's been announced, but uh, either way, I can see it. It was it was a good one season, at least. I'm pretty sure a second season did get announced already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. As long as they keep up the humor uh, and make it work week to week. Uh, add in more Chica. That's, that's perfectly fine by <laughs> me. Chica's the best. <laughs> it still blows my mind that that one like dance scene is only in one episode. I thought that was the yeah. ending for the show, but yeah. it's not. Nope. And it's cool. Like the actual ending is pretty cool too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, one of the Sakuga blogs posted uh, that talked a little about it uh, about a week or two ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's really enjoyable. I would highly recommend it. I don't usually go for anime romance shows because they can get a little too... Uh, uh, baby, I guess. Yeah, they can get a little too pandery, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. I think this had a good, a good mix of actual comedy and you know relating to these characters and be kind of a warm, fuzzy, romantic show. Uh, but other than that, I'm behind on literally every other thing I'm watching, so don't ask me. Well, in the Austin world, things have been sort of business as usual, where I am uh, sort of half watching a whole bunch of different things. Uh, but. Uh... Uh, let's see. What have I been watching the last couple days? So I'm about halfway through uh, this movie that I bought at Animazement uh, from Discotech called Fair Than Partly Piggy. It's this uh, kids movie about this uh, little kid who finds out that his mom has been like reading his diary secretly and like making fun of him for it, Aww. like privately Which, to herself. First of all, rude. <laughs> I know, right? Rude. Um, but then he's just like, well, I'm going to get back at my mom. And then he starts writing like very outlandish, like lies about his day in his diary. <laughs> and then suddenly it comes to find out that his lies are coming true. Uh, so he starts <laughs> testing like how far he can like make that go. And he'll write something in, like, Today, my mom made tempura pencils, and my dad thought they were delicious. So you get to watch this scene of, like, his mom frying up pencils and his dad eating them, and it's, like, a little disturbing. <laughs> but, uh, it, I mean, it's a kid's movie, so um, it's it's not too uh, off the wall or anything, but it is pretty silly and absurd, and uh, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm excited to see how it, how it gets resolved, because... I'm, like, about an hour into it, and it's just kind of gotten crazier and crazier. Um, and I also watched uh, Project Echo 2 and 3. Uh, 3, I think, is by far the weakest of the bunch so far, just because I think it's kind of... It's not as wacky and over-the-top and, like, ridiculous as the other two. Um, and it's, it's kind of like this love quadrangle thing... Uh, going on which is not awesome um but uh yeah maybe one day we'll do a big project echo podcast that would be nice Mm -hmm. and i'll we'll talk more more about it then um and then i started this japanese live action movie directed by and starring beat takeshi uh who i know is a very famous uh, japanese director slash actor and i've never seen any of his work before and i'm starting out with this one it's called kikujiro uh we're basically like this um disaffected like elementary school kid uh ends up having to go on a road trip with beat takeshi's character who's kind of like a a good for nothing sort of loser guy um and it's um pretty heartwarming so far it's like it's got a very like very dry sense of humor and sometimes a very uh very offbeat sense of humor but uh it's the cinematography is really amazing and uh so far i'm really enjoying it it's like a good like road trip movie and uh, mm. I have a good feeling about it, but again, I'm only about halfway through it because I can't finish anything. <laughs> or and when I start something, I only barely start. You, it. You, you're following uh, uh, the tradition that my friend Michael set me on, and it's the one episode train. You watch at least half, or maybe the first two episodes of something, and then you never finish it. <laughs> yeah. 
I swear I'm gonna finish this junk. No, you, it's you actually you doing it's the problem. You love I the mean, one episode train. It's the best. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like doing that for TV show. That makes sense. But Austin does this thing that I can't fathom, where you can watch parts of a movie and put it down and come back. Yep. How do you do that? Oh, I can do the same thing. Shut up. So I'm I'm. If it's even worse, it. because he will stay awake for things that he's already seen, but fall asleep in movies that he's never seen. Yes. I'm right so, here. I know. Um. <laughs> And see, the thing is, is normally most people will fall asleep to movies they've already watched multiple times. So please tell me how that works. You know, I can't explain the mysteries of my body and mind. So you're just going to have to deal with it being mysterious. I'm sorry. It's It's just the way I am. You actually uh, had a bad influence on me. I I did that the week before an amazement with Galaxy Express 3.9. Of course, that movie is also kind of episodic in its pacing. It was easy it to do so, but it's like, what am I doing? I'm turning it to Austin. <laughs> I've got that's a really it. good movie, no, though. Well, I, I watched that. I watched that shortly before Animazement. That's an awesome movie. Well, no, the the cure to stopping the Austin effect is you watch the movie with the person, which is uh, what I'll what I'll probably have to do to get uh, you to get through what we call Fuchiko Mine, Tobias. And hey, from, I'm gonna watch work. it. And, I've watched two episodes of that, but again, I just can't watch TV show because I'm, I'm bad at it. I'm so and, glad I have an effect named after me now. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and uh, to get Tori and Austin to watch Christine, which is my favorite John Carpenter movie. Mm. Austin, I have a very very important question about the pig movie. Yes, sir. <laughs> is it or is it not true? that my my son devil man appears in the pig movie devil man does appear in the pig movie um for reasons that i find very interesting because even though you absolutely cannot tell by looking at the designs like right beside each other the character designer of both the original devil man uh and the devil man ova is the same guy that designed the characters for this movie um, it's like saying the guy who designed the characters for Final Fantasy also designed the characters for Winnie the Pooh. Um, <laughs> well, fun fact, the guy who did the designs for Final Fantasy did the designs for Gotcha Man and, like, Hutch the Honeybee, so... Well, they, well, oh, well... There I guess, you go! I guess my analogy wasn't as off-base as I thought. Wow. Yoshitaka Amano is a, is, a, is a very diverse, talented man. And just in case we confuse people, that's not the guy we're talking about. The guy we're talking about is... Hold that thought, I'm going to pull it up. Kazuo Kumatsubara. So if you want to look up his work, go for it. That is his name, etc., etc. And if you want to see the clip that Sully mentioned, it's uh, on my Twitter. I took a quick video of it from uh, watching it the other night. And it's pretty wild because I'm just watching this children's movie about pigs and nonsense and then devil man suddenly shows up so it's pretty silly
right, guys. So I figure the best format for us to do this in is just sort of just go day by day and just talk about our experiences with amazement. So, um, uh, I drove in on Thursday and Sully was already there and already got checked into the hotel. So that was very nice. Uh, then he and I met up and, uh, what the heck did we do after that? We just kind of waited around for Tori and Tobias to show up. Um, then we played... What is it that you guys played in the room for a little bit? We played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate the, together. The Smash Ultimate, Brothers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, we were not. Unfortunately, we were not uh, joined by Edwin for this convention because he is like the the token Smash bringer because uh, he is always lugging around his uh, portable console, not the Nintendo Switch, but of course the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it has a handle. It does have a handle, and then on Thursday we. Uh, Let's see. The first thing we did was uh, at one point, on. Austin. We have to mention what you gave Bill. Oh, I'll, I'll, oh, absolutely. Don't, don't yes, worry. I'm gonna will. bring. I'm gonna bring that up. <laughs> Bill's got you. Uh, so we went and got our badges, which is a pretty painless process, and we appreciate that. Um, and then we just sort of waited around until Sully's panel, which was at eight o'clock. So we had a good about good bit of time to kill. So. What did we do during that? I think I think we 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 ended up doing a lot of panel prep because we had a bunch of little bookkeeping stuff to do. Yeah, we we hung out with Andrew, which you haven't mentioned at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, my brother. brother. He exists. (laughs) I completely forgot about your brother going with us and his awesome uh, cosplay. That's true, but he he only cosplayed on Friday. uh, He cosplayed a uh, sweaty nerd on Thursday. Yeah. Don't we all? As as did we all. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, All right. Well, I guess we'll just. We, yeah, we, go we, ahead, ended up, we ended up doing panel prep for a good bit of it, just little things. Uh, catching up, we went to get our badges, as you said, and just kind of walked around for a little bit. We grabbed a, a quick dinner, I think, in the in the square. And, yep. uh, yeah, then there was Sully's panel, and I think that was uh, pretty much it. Uh, afterward, we went to uh, Sono Sushi, mm-hmm. just up the street, had a pretty good sushi dinner. Uh, yep. We have to mention that uh, Austin did lose the game that we set forth. <laughs> oh yeah, so oh, please Sully, you, you want yeah, oh, Sully, me, yeah. say say what you wanted us to do and how I failed on the first day. <laughs> I just wanted us to have a nice family dinner. Um, basically, <laughs> that was the first mistake. I'm, I'm. I'm the mom of the group, so I'm like, you know what, when we're at anime, so I want to take a nice family picture, and I also have a nice meal, and none of us are going to have our, we're all going to turn off our phones, and we're going to focus on the people in the room with us that we love and care about, and their lives, we're going to have a, a nice conversation, um, and Austin lost within the first five minutes, he took out his phone, um, and shamed us all. I immediately, I immediately put it away, though. You immediately, after we scored it. After we all shamed you. Yes, it it's required a group effort. <laughs> oh, I tried better the rest of the weekend. I think I did a pretty decent job considering you did. myself. You so, did. Um, Sorry, I'm so happy you did that. Uh, what you should have done is made everyone put their phones in the center of the table. Oh, I tried. I tried, but they wouldn't let me. Oh, <laughs> boom. They're off. They're off. I'm like, you know what? The temptation is too much, which I couldn't really do much of anything because I want to say that the sushi was delicious, but uh, 
I had been not feeling well that day, and mm. driving in the city makes me very anxious, and I had parked in the wrong parking garage. I was having a moment, and then I went to my panel, and I basically had to turn all that off and, like, perform, and this is, like, a panel where I have to be, like, funny and exuberant, and then when I was out, I was like, thanks for coming to the panel. Oh, God, I want to die. I want to just lay down and die, and we have to go eat, but I'm hungry, and I have to die and eat. Um, <laughs> so, like, in dinner, like, I, 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 the most I remember of dinner is, like, the fact that I was, like, like, inches, my head was inches away from the table and I was like bare, like holding on I was like I'm sorry guys I'm, I'm alive I'm not dead well, the and then you you tried to walk to the bathroom and almost walked out of the restaurant yeah <laughs> I've had a headache and I was dizzy <laughs> it's all good well, I guess let's just back up and you talk about your panel for a little bit because that panel honestly was really good oh so that's the second time i've ever done that panel i did it at super famicom uh maybe two years ago 2017 may she rest in peace may she rest in peace i had done it because i know joe was asking for panels and i'm like well you know i love video games but i'm not very technically skilled with them um i'm a baby i have to play on like medium difficulty (laughs) at the hardest and I'm really the, I'm there for the Sully story. does not like his video games to be spicy. I, I'm there for the story. I I just want to to play my Zelda, and I'm there for the deep lore of Mario. Um, but I also like because I'm really into like camp and kitsch and like uh, things like that. And I grew up uh, being obsessed with Nintendo games. I consider Nintendo like my gateway drug into being obsessed with Japanese pop culture crap. Um, I, I have all this, like, stupid random knowledge of Nintendo properties and their weird spinoffs, and so I was like, okay, let me do a panel about, uh, like, all the, like, cartoons and weird commercials and weird comics and stuff that Nintendo has done, um, and I, I illustrate them with video clips and GIFs, and then I talk about their history or like fun facts or just like it's it's i started out when i made it to be more educational and then the more i did i was like you know what i'm just going to go full into the weirdness and how funny it is and it's it's basically at the end of the panel of animation which i had to cut because i kept adding stuff and it was over like i was going into it's a two-hour panel now i had to like cut so much including the nintendo widow news report which i which it broke my heart that i had to cut that but uh it's basically as when I finished it, the guy, everyone was just like, you know, this is your Nintendo Hell panel. It's Nintendo Hell. And I'm very... Uh, it really is. I'm very seriously considering it, rebranding it that, because as much as I enjoy talking about the crazy stuff, uh, getting people's reaction to the video is, is kind of the best part, because I try to pick... Uh, the stuff that everyone knows about, like the Super Mario Super Show and the, the Zelda cartoon, and then weird stuff like the Mario Ice Capades or King Koopa's Cool Cartoons, or there's one clip I had to cut, which is uh, the live-action Korean Mario Brothers adaptation for the Super Show, their version of it. Um, and really, I... I really consider myself, like, when I make panels, I'm very academic. I'm, like, I, I basically cite my sources and everything. And then when I, when I do them, I, I kind of do more humor into them. And with this one, it's my favorite for a few reasons. Well, one of my favorites for a few reasons, because it's the few chances I get to be, like, completely and totally... I get to just do comedy. I don't have to be like, okay, we made a joke, but let's actually talk about the history of this. Like, oh, well, you know, the, the mangaka did this, or uh, in the industry it had this impact. No, it's just me saying, you know, it's just it's crazy and it's stupid, we're just going to laugh, and I'm just going to point out things. Like, my favorite part of that panel is when I say 
the Super Mario Brothers live-action movie with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo was shot in North Carolina, and the whole audience just groans <laughs> together. It's good. like, I'm, I'm playing to a hometown crowd here. I know what I'm doing. I mean, that panel just nailed it for being, like, 8 p.m. on a Thursday, and the con has not even barely started. Your yeah. audience was, like, so into it, and yeah. I just... I really felt the energy there, and it was it was just really a, an awesome experience. And yeah. I, I hope that you can keep doing that panel a lot because I feel like it'll be a consistent hit. Yeah, my plan is the next time I do it at the con, I'm going to submit it as a two hour, and basically I'm I'm not going to call it Nintendo Hell yet. I don't think, um, but it's it's I think after one or two more times, it's going to become Nintendo Hell. It's going to be my baby. Um, and at the same time, I do want to give a shout out to the girl who at the very end of my panel, she came up and she gave me a Reese's Pieces bar and it was wrapped in like a little piece of paper with like suicide hotlines and like LGBT hotlines. Like it was very pure and she was very kind. And if you're listening to this, I thank you for sitting through my horrible panel. And I also want to thank the guy who informed me that Soupy Sales, who voiced Donkey Kong, the first voice of Donkey Kong, was born in North Carolina too. It's just that the connections wow. keep coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they say our state doesn't do anything right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they made the super sh- the freaking Bob Hoskins movie in Wilmington in a cement factory. <laughs> you can still hey, visit we'll, we'll it. Get, we'll get back to Wilmington here in just a little bit, but uh, yeah. Did anybody have anything else to add about Thursday? I think that that kind of sums uh, up our Thursday pretty well. Nah, it's yeah. just a chill day. I wasn't able to go Thursday primarily t- uh, to cost. And also, it's just a bit hard to travel on that day. Uh, one thing I would love and amazement to do on Thursdays, um, since a lot of people were just getting there and kind of getting set up, I think one thing that would be a really smart idea on their part would be a flea market day on Thursdays. Because if you did a flea market day on Thursdays, people would be more incentivized like me to come to Animazement on uh, Thursday because at flea markets you never know what you'll find. You'll find you could find that rare DVD or Blu-ray that you've been wanting, or a figure you've been wanting, or um, some interesting knickknack that you just uh, found out of the blue. Um, it would also be great for vendors because people are selling their stuff and making money which will which they will then spend primarily in the dealer's room uh and also it would just be a really big headliner for thursday and make it more exciting that's what iowa does is there anything you guys want to add to that idea no i think that covers it for thursday i mean we pretty much did Sully's panel or blown away by that reception you know usually like Thursdays I've been to a couple of Thursday panels and they're always kind of like eh you know they're, they're there to fill space but I was shocked at just how well Sully's panel went I just want to reiterate that that uh, I think I told Sully later like man I didn't realize you were that funny <laughs> <laughs> but it was just he just like he, ha- he had it the pacing was like you know, I, I guess we're like metatextually critiquing the panel, but it's like, like the pacing was perfect. He was able to like uh, connect with the audience. They were all able to connect with his, uh, you know, his wacky style of you know comedy, uh, and uh, yeah, like the content, just everything worked so well for that panel. I was, I was shocked. I mean, I saw his panel when he did it at Super Famicom, and I feel like I was the only person in that room that thought it was funny, mm. but nope, not this time. 
Alright guys, so I guess let's just move into Friday here. So Friday we started off bright and early with Older Anime for New Fans, which is a Tobias panel that I occasionally, or pretty regularly at this point, sit in on. So Tobias, you want to talk about this one? Yep, so uh, pretty much uh, we just debuted this last year at Animazement and pretty much just ran it again with some slight changes. Uh, the general premise is, you know, uh, I, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, but for any new yeah. listeners, you know, the idea is that <clears throat> when you ask somebody for old anime recommendations, like if you're a new fan, you're gonna get you know uh, uh, like overwhelmed with a whole bunch of everyone's favorite anime and it's just there's too much uh, to watch so we I tried to pick some I tried to curate some works that I felt like would really jive with a more modern audience based on just kind of what I see people enjoy now um, I, it was pretty much the same playlist as it has been previously but I added dirty pair because I did watch that of course in December and really enjoyed it and uh, I think it definitely would work for a more modern audience, despite, uh, I think it looks it looks like a lot of eye candy, and I think that turns a lot of people off. Uh, it did me initially, but uh, the show the show is good itself. But other than that, yeah, it was just, uh, usually we kind of have an issue with running over or, like, too short with this panel, but I think it worked out really well. We ended perfectly on time. Uh, the mm -hmm. room was pretty full. Uh, yeah. I would say, if not completely full, three quarters. And, yeah, uh, for 9.30 a.m. on Friday morning, it's yeah, pretty yeah. It's pretty full. Yeah, so, I mean, everyone got in, everyone seemed to really enjoy it, and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, fun stuff. And, you know, getting to talk to people into watching Project Echo is always a, uh, always a treat. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Yeah, people seem to really dig that one. That's not, not something you really talk about, uh, you know, when, when, when it's like you mention it, like you just did, you know, like 10 minutes ago. But not a whole lot of people talk about Project Echo, I don't feel like. Not really. I think it's probably because it's just a little bit hard to get a hold of. I That's mean, the it's true. never, to, to my knowledge, it's never been on streaming. Yeah. And uh, really the only people that, like, peak Project Echo popularity was back when it was like fan-sub trading era. So uh, really the only reason I uh, discovered it myself is I just kind of bought it on a whim because I'd heard of it. Um, but ever since I saw it, I just thought, wow, this is a really special thing. I think that this can really appeal to a lot of, uh, a lot of fans even now because it's, it shares a lot of, uh, commonality between, you know, wacky, crazy, uh, sci-fi hijink shows that are kind of around now, if, if not being slightly better in of itself. Um, so yeah, Echo's good. Echo's good. I will say there were a few things in your panel to bias that I... I might have heard of, but I haven't really thought about, like, uh, pro or, uh, Legend of, or Record, God, I can't think of the title, Record of Lotus War, um, yep. I, I don't really, <laughs> as we have previously established, I do not know much about Dungeons and Dragons, but, um, being the sort of Zelda fan I am, I do have, like, a soft spot for high fantasy, if it's done, I'm very peculiar, like, I don't like Lord of the Rings that much, but I like Zelda, um, I don't like Dungeons and Dragons, but I like Zelda, and, like, like that sort of uh, fantasy world, and I looking at, it, I was like, oh, this looks like something I could probably really easily get into, um, because I love just how lush the the art designs are. And I was like, oh well, oh, if yeah. it convinced me For to sure. watch something, hopefully it'll convince people who don't know Tobias to watch something too. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was I was gonna add also uh, Slayers as part of that D and D block. I uh, want to watch that. Really That's in my list but, uh, right now. <laughs> Yeah, Slayers is pretty much just Record of Lodos War, but more comedy, more more Adventure Zone than 
uh, something more serious. Have you seen that video on Twitter where like Disney Japan is showing that show, like that medieval comedy show from here, from America? Uh, I like I think there's like a hammer guy and like a, a girl with long hair and it looks a lot like Slayers and so they're doing a marathon of that like back to back with Slayers and I thought oh that's so cute. <laughs> oh wow, that's interesting. Uh, well, speaking of convincing people to do things, uh, Sully, tell us about your Marie Kondo panel disguised <laughs> as not that. So here's the thing with that panel. Um, it was probably the one that has given me the most anxiety uh, in doing it. Um, That's ironic. Yeah, the, the thing is, is because I really was not sh- like I submitted it without being completely sure what I was going for. Um, normally, when I submit a panel, I've either already done it or it's one where I already have like a, a pretty good outline. Like I know like what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, and so making it isn't difficult. Um, it's just the actual like putting the pictures together, designing the slides, putting information on that. Um, with this, it's like, well, I want to talk about, like, consumerism and otaku culture, and that's just, like, a, a pet topic of mine is, like, where does consumer culture uh, meet and influence fandom? Um, and I wanted to be a little bit about KonMari, because I still do have an interest. I, I, I have some critiques of it, like I've mentioned before, but I do have an interest, and in I do think it's an, a good way of approaching hobbies. And I also wanted it to be about, like, just the general fact that, and I, I say this with a lot of love, otaku tend to be not very organized people, or very, uh, they, I, it's, it's, it's me rocking the world by saying that, but I'm just such a, a neat freak in certain aspects of my life that when people are not, like, when people don't dust their figures... Um, it just like sends my like my skin crawls, and so it was also me. But see, Sully, if you let the dust stay on the figure, it creates a protective layer around <laughs> the figure that will prevent it from getting you know scratched and uh, wet and things like that. So it's very important to keep dust on your figure. Why? Why would what? your figure get wet? <laughs> I do not want to know. What is that? For what when is you, that old... you know when when you sh- when you shower in your bedroom, it's a common thing. <laughs> What's that old chestnut? After the first four years, the dust doesn't get new works. Um, <laughs> thanks, Quentin Crisp. Um, but no, it's me. Uh, it was. It's kind of me trying to be like a neat freak and talking about KonMari and talking about consumerism all at the same time. And so, really, I just I kept analyzing it. And I was like, you know what? This is just a KonMari panel now. And if I have thoughts about these things, I can put them in. So ooh, I had a, I had built in time. I was like, okay, fifteen minutes is when we're gonna have just like open discussion. People can ask me questions. We can talk about it. Um, I was so nervous that I went through my my actual panel like the the pre- presentation like twice as fast. So it was end up like thirty minutes discussion. I'm like, oh, and half the room left. I'm like, okay, we we now know what I need to fix. Um, Pace thyself. Yeah, and I really it happened think, to me too. Don't worry. <laughs> like I, I really came into this panel with the mindset it was is it was an experiment. Like I was not going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this was one of those kind of trial by fire things. I have to learn from this experience. I can't make it and then just consider myself done with it. Um, and I think I have things I want to fix with it. But I think that it generated a lot of healthy discussion and people asking questions and people who just did not think about these things like. Uh, <laughs> Um, with figures, like a lot of people don't know, you can buy those like plastic cupcake display stands like bakeries mm-hmm. use and they're great for small figures or, um, you know, I keep, I have a very rare tuxedo mask doll that a friend gave me as a plush and I didn't want to keep him with my just stuffed animals so I put him in like a doll case and I put figures on top of that. Um, 
how you can do lighting, how you can clean rubber straps, like just like weird, like my Martha Stewartness coming out and like, okay, so here's how you can be, do like better homes and gardens, we have edition. Um, <laughs> so it turned into half me saying like, you know, the screed of like, we are basing our fandom on consumerism and that's inherently unhealthy and we need to move from this model of what you can buy uh, equals what your fandom is. And they were talking about that in an article today that uh, a friend had sent me. And so it's half that and also half me playing Susie Homemaker, Weeaboo Edition, like I said, where it's like, okay, now let's talk about how we can properly clean figures without, you know, getting them messed up because we don't want to do it. They're an investment. Um, and I think when I do this panel again, it's going to be longer. Uh, I'm going to try to, you know, pace myself and also just focus more on kind of half of it is a combination of KonMari and consumer and half of it is me like actually giving constructive tips because I found when I was writing it um, just telling people the things they shouldn't do is not going to be helpful as compared to what are things you can do or how okay. are interesting ways you can display things or take care of things or respect the things you own <coughs> right I think that's a very important thing for your for your panel to come across is not like not that you would do this, but uh, for some people, the whole idea of cleaning can be very accusatory. It's just like, you're dirty, so therefore you should be clean, etc. Like, um, I make the joke I, that I won't be telling you to clean your room, but I will anyway. Um, and it yeah, exactly. Is I kind of do lean into the tongue-in-cheek because I do know I can come off as like a nagging school teacher very easily. So for me, it's always the thing of, if you care about something, you want to take care of it, and that means yeah. making sure it lasts for a long time, and that comes with, like, cleaning, or keeping it from getting dirty, or... Yeah, and I feel and I feel like know. that's a that's a pretty easy <clears throat> pill to swallow for most people, because most people would agree that, like, yeah, you should take care of your stuff, and, you know, maybe, maybe that is the way to get people to think about being more discerning <laughs> about what they keep and what they don't keep, etc. So okay. I think your approach to that was pretty good, even though I wasn't able to see the full panel. Well, uh, um, Saul, you'll be proud to know that you really, uh, your panel really got to my brother uh, who came along with me to the convention uh, where he was just like, wow. He, he was kind of, it was like a revelation to him about the whole I don't want to be thing. mean, Bill, but when I, when I met your brother afterwards, when he says, like, did I give you a galaxy brain moment? I'm, I'm so proud if I did. That was what I was <laughs> well, going I for. I think you did. No, oh, <laughs> Hank is a very eccentric person, and he's, he's Mr. Charisma. So, so what, 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 uh, what can be entertaining to others, uh, can be annoying to me, but, uh, he, he can be fun and uh yeah but i think he really got uh connected to your consumerism panel uh it, it, but then i think he counteracted that uh that advice by buying godzilla stuff <laughs> since his <laughs> since his new thing is uh currently godzilla like he bought a godzilla figure and two movies so <laughs> it's it's baby steps baby steps mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill, you're up next, so talk to us about this panel you got. 
Uh, well, first, I got to the convention on Friday. I got, I got to see Sully's panel, which was really good. And uh, my panel, I my first panel that was run by me uh, was my uh, Lupin Third panel, which is basically me as it is on the podcast going, why aren't you watching Lupin the Third? You should watch Lupin the Third, right? Watch it, watch it, watch it. <laughs> uh, it but no, it's... Uh, it's Bill's default setting. <laughs> basically. But no, it was me going through um, the history of uh, Lupin the Third, and it was kind of timely since uh, recently the creator of Lupin, Monkey Punch, had passed away, so I got more into the manga and... Uh, kind of how it's very much written of its time, written of its time, and uh, talked about um, how big names have worked on the Lupin the Third franchise, like uh, Takahata and Miyazaki and uh, uh, Sai Yamamoto and uh, uh, good old Dazaki. Dazaki, yeah, thank you. Um, and just uh, talked about um, different aspects, and I found some really fun things for the panel. Like I found a Stern Electronics promo for the Cliffhanger uh, game, which is basically they took the Castle Cagliostro footage and made that into a Dragon's Lair or Space Apes type game. And so this was a basically a promo for vendors to, hey, you should buy this game for your arcade. It's very entertaining. Um, and that's really fun. I also showed them a uh, G4 review of the one loop in the third game, besides Cliffhanger, that got released here, um, which is very fun. Uh, crap, 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 crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but overall, I was really happy with the panel. Uh, Lupin fans came. Uh, the the, uh, the woman who ran the Lupin panel that I saw uh, a couple years ago was actually there with her child and she said uh, my panel was really good uh, my only thing I would have uh, done better was I butchered Japanese pronunciation uh, and just it was it was horrible even though I'd practiced through them uh, I can never learn to say names right but hopefully one day I'll get them better I'll get them right but it, um, it was well received and that's where I also learned about uh, going on's blood spray being on Amazon from a fan in, uh, watching the panel, so uh, I, it was well received uh, and it filled the room pr- up pretty well. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, I think this is a really good time to to do Lupin related content at cons because we're sort of living in a Lupin revival period right now. Because like all this stuff's coming out from Discotech, and you know we've talked about this before on the podcast because we've reviewed more Lupin than anything. Uh, and uh, we are active participants in that Lupin revival, at least on a on a consumer standpoint. But uh, yeah, I'm glad yeah. to see a lot of people are also down for Lupin, and they showed up to your panel, and it was yeah. really cool. And there were some uh, Lupin movies being screened at the convention. They screened um, Legend of the Golden uh, one. They, yeah, they showed that one. They showed that in the uh, the uh, Lupin the Third Part Four compilation movie, uh, and a uh, little bit of a sidebar. I was shocked to learn that the founder of Discotech was at our con- it was at Animazement. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I did not know that he was going to be there. I thought he would be at the bigger convention, Anime North. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did not come up. To, I did not say hi. I should have, but I I should have. I would have asked him. Uh, how how is Lupin doing so well for you? And thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, that was that was like a, a fun, shocking revelation. And uh, well, I, no, I'll get to the the last Lupin thing uh, later. The thing you got me later. <laughs> yes. Um... We can talk about that at surrealism because that was certainly a surreal item. Yes, but, um, um, yeah, he, I, I shook his hand, Bill. So by proxy, that means you shook his hand. So I got you. I got you, friend. Yay! All right, our next panel we did was our our big like flagship panel, I guess, for this convention, and that was Animeversary to the Nines, which was mm-hmm. Tobias's brain baby. He put it together. So how about you talk about this one? Yeah, so uh, again, just trying to go back and explore older series and different context. Uh, the idea here was we would take things from uh, 2009, 1999, 1989, and 1979, if you can see the theme there, and just talk about those years and talk about what came out and the good stuff and at least the memorable stuff, if not good. <clears throat> I'm looking at you, Rama. Anyway, uh, yeah, and so it was, this one it was just... It was kind of a clip show but also since there was so much content between 40 decades and uh, we all kind of had different experiences with different shows 40 decades huh 400 years of anime <laughs> hey man <laughs> anime has been going on a long time so no uh, four decades four uh, 40 years that's as many as four tens and that's terrible uh so yeah no, it, was, it was good to go back baka, 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 baka. <laughs> yeah so for, for the ronma one uh i had to go back and show uh, a super cut of the the baka song it's uh, something that uh i don't know if it was how prominent it was in the, the fandom as a whole but it was something i definitely remember from uh being a, a, a baby weeb back in the day <laughs> And thinking that was the pinnacle of comedy was saying the Japanese word for stupid over and over again. <laughs> oh, to- oh, times were different. But I know we explored a good bit from every decade. We talked a little bit about, like, you know, the 70s, uh, about, like, uh, Yamato, and uh, what else we talk about? Galaxy Express. Tagliostro, of course. Yeah, yeah uh, some of the more Gundam. defining. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned Gundam here, of course. But, yeah, just kind of going over the decades and sort of what came out, what was sort of crucial. Uh, if we do that again, I definitely want to... Uh, we ran over a little bit, even when Tori had to leave early to do uh, uh, the next panel. Uh, mm-hmm. We had to cut cut a couple. We had, we had to cut the playlist a little short, yeah. Uh, so we ran a little long time. Uh, I, I guess I we I, I wouldn't really counting much for discussions so much as the video, uh, which is a problem I have with my clip show panels. So uh, we did have to trim a little bit. So I, I would want to uh, edit for when we run it again next. But otherwise, I feel like it ran pretty well. It was a two hour panel, but we filled it. We talked the entire time. We talked too much. Really... Shocked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was about to say, people that listen to this podcast already know, but our major problem with this panel is that we talk too much. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it didn't really feel like it was any like a low moment. Really, uh, there were some people left over some decades, maybe. But I mean, it's a two-hour panel. You kind of have to expect some people to leave just mm-hmm. as a time constraint. <laughs> but no, it worked out really well. Uh, uh, the whole two hours, we all contributed pretty well to that one. I really enjoyed hearing from from all of us. 
And uh, yeah, like like Austin said, I think this is something we're gonna do more in the future. Uh, this year, you know, next year it'll be you know every all of the tens. I don't know what snazzy name we're gonna call it, but we'll do something similar. <laughs> and, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So if it sounds like we're talking about a crap ton of panels uh, in this podcast, it's because we did a crap ton of panels this weekend. And I forgot to mention, I probably should have mentioned this at the top of the episode, but uh, we were actually Animazement's featured panelists for this uh, for this year. They were very kind to uh, offer us a guest spot there. And that's why we're doing uh, 24 ish hours of panels. Uh, We were not the only featured panelists, but we were the featured panelist group. And uh, we definitely appreciate them uh, bringing us out and letting us talk about anime way too hecking much. And uh, on that note, Tori, tell us about this panel that you did. Um, I did my Pretty Cure panel on Friday and actually had a lot more of a crowd than I expected to, which was kind of a big deal. But um, kind of like Sully said earlier, I got really jittery because this is a new one and I haven't done like a flat out new panel in quite a while. Um, so to start the convention with a brand new one right off, um, especially having to get up so early and go work that morning. (laughs) Um, but I had a lot of fun and like Pretty Cure is one of those series that, um, uh, one of the people that attended messaged me on Twitter and kind of like summed it up as like, you know, we're not a, we're not a large fandom, but at least we're, um very passionate as a fandom and I'm like you know what yeah you're right um so it it went over fine I had some technical difficulties in that room um for some reason my HDMI cable that they provided me stopped working a lot of the time um so it would just be yeah so (laughs) this is also the room that uh uh, same room that caught almost caught on fire on Saturday, but I'll talk about oh, yeah, that, that too. Oh, yeah, that happened, so, didn't that? Yeah, I'll talk about that, too. But, um, uh, so that, that kind Tory of... Pa- Tory power walking to the burning building. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, so that kind of threw me off, too, because I felt really bad, because everybody in the audience was like, oh, no, your video, your video, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, but it was cool, and... Um, there were parents with their children there and I had a mom come up to me on Sunday and she was just like, you know, thank you for talking about this. My daughter wouldn't let me ask you any questions because she thought I was going to embarrass her. (laughs) Um, And I also almost made a little girl cry and I profusely apologized multiple (laughs) times to her and I felt really bad. So, um, Do you want to tell the audience how and why? Mm -hmm. Because I made fun of Glitter Force. (laughs) But, um... When her mom put it in the perspective of, like, you know, kids need English dubs, especially when they're really young, because they can't read as fast as we can, um, that kind of changed my opinion on it, but, like, I, I don't know, I felt so bad, I still feel really bad. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a good crowd, everybody was really engaged, I had a lot of questions, and um, a few people came up and chatted afterwards, and it's always really fun to hear, like what everybody's favorite season is because they can never agree or like what their favorite pretty cure is because they also can never agree but it's not like my favorite thing about it is like nobody's getting into screaming matches about it like you'll have certain fandoms where people are just like oh my waifu is the best one and they're like about to start throwing fists but like people are very scholarly about why they like a certain pretty cure series and it's really refreshing so uh tori i have a quick Mm -hmm. question about your panel Uh, you're having trouble with your HDMI cord. I brought like nine HDMI cords. Why didn't you message me? That's so valid. 
That is so valid. We did tell you not to show up unless you brought us nine HDMI cords, so... Oh, gosh. I feel like we almost gave you a heart attack because until we told you that we were joking, I really, I imagined in my brain that you were just like going around to every television and every computer in your apartment just trying going to get like, nine. Yank, exactly. Yank, yank, yank. You no, mostly just making fun of you. It's, it's not that. It's just having to do with my roommate just going, what? You need all that work. You need all those HDMI cords? And just having to deal with that drama. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I do. so sorry. We we caused disruption in the Foreman home. <laughs> All right, this next panel up here is kind of a, 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 a panel in disguise, but uh, yeah, Tobias, what's this one? Uh, the next one up was Evangelion and the Netflix era. So uh, likewise, this I think was probably my weakest offering. I guess our weakest offering. I'm gonna loop you guys into this because uh, you were yeah, technically you on me it. too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, this was uh, the the idea was since Ava is about to be on Netflix, uh, just in what three weeks from now, uh, maybe like one yeah. or two weeks by the time this podcast hits. Uh, I wanted to sort of uh, you know, we, we 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 see a lot of people complain on social media about the upcoming you know hot takes that we're gonna see. Uh, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to it in a very ironic sense, I guess. And I think it will be interesting to see a new generation, uh, you know, the, these these kids who have growing up in a very different time uh, come up and, uh, like, watch Ava and see what they take from it and see, I don't know, just, like, just want to, like, see, the, like, in general, their take on, on this show. Because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that still holds very, very true uh, and still be very applicable to uh, a new a new generation of, of like teenagers, and I feel like there's a lot of reason for that. Just with the way that the show came out and the particular economic uh, state of Japan at the time, and then uh, the way that uh, otaku culture was being uh, changed from you know, like we talked about uh, like uh, Gainax earlier, and then you know, taking memoirs, and we've talked at length before about otaku no video. But we talk about the generation gap there uh, and the Gainax founders era of being a lot more uh, hobby driven, being something more active in your hobby and the community. Whereas with the uh, economic depression, there was definitely more of a like the, like the bubble popping, uh, the hikikomori, uh, that mindset started to take hold in the otaku culture. You see a lot um, transitioning into what I guess we would now call the more waifu oriented uh, aspects of the culture. Not to say that it didn't exist before, but I think there was a definite change that uh, we see Ava playing a big part in just the, in that transitionary period in, in the culture. So like the, the general idea with this panel was just to take a lot of these ideas and cement them into this. Uh, where really what kind of happened is uh, we took a, a previous Ava panel I had done, uh, had put a new uh, coat of paint on it and had added some stuff, but it really wasn't the larger discussion that I was hoping for and unfortunately when you do 24 hours of content uh, over a, you know a, uh, a weekend on top of a full-time job things didn't quite pan out as much as I had hoped uh, it was still a fun time that uh, people they still we still packed a room uh, mm -hmm. we got to talk about Evangelion we did uh, you know mention a lot of what I talked about even though we didn't go to quite the degree I was hoping for initially and uh, I again I would say it's the weakest panel I did but I still think it was a pretty good offering yeah definitely and i think it's i think all those things that you mentioned are definitely i mean we did talk about that just maybe not as much as we wanted to um 
but I think it's still important just uh, the stuff that we did discuss about like the the origins of Ava and sort of bringing that back to uh, back to nowadays and how it's you know old but it's still relevant so exactly it's fun classic right, so, exactly that is a great phrase to use uh, Bill back to you well I have a funny story um, before my one piece panel uh I got to meet up with my old college roommate, Michael, which you might hear on the podcast in the near future for an Idolmaster episode. Ooh, tease, tease. Uh, hopefully you come out sometime this summer. <laughs> but uh, he wanted to go to the store to get uh, some drinks and snacks. Uh, and everyone was busy to uh, because of panels. And he said, oh, well, we used to do this at school. We could totally walk to get drinks and snacks, and I asked him, "How long is how long is the walk?" It's a mile and a half, and, oh. I, and I'm like, I and I stupidly thought I could totally do this in 95 degree weather, whole, oh, uh, with my with my book bag, with super heavy computer and laptop, uh, and books uh, in tow where I walked and walked to the point where I was almost there, but I just said, I can't take it anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> and, 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 and walked to the Bojangles that was right across the street uh, and sat there and said, you get what you need to get. I'm going to sit here and we're going to take we're gonna take an Uber to get back because screw <laughs> that, I'm not walking back <laughs> This is a stupid. This is just a stupid idea. Why am I this stupid? Uh, and uh, and I was worried too because uh, the walk took longer than I thought. Uh, getting to, uh, so I was kind of racing against time of like, oh, will I have enough time to do set up for my panel? And oh no, what if I'm late? Uh, uh, but luckily, we were able to make it back in time. And I learned. Uh, automobiles are your best friend and never walk ever again um <laughs> uh, noted noted but in the, back to my panel uh which is about probably one of my favorite shows in the world one piece which is one of the big shonen uh shows that everyone knows about and the basic premise of the panel was uh how to get into One Piece because people are so intimidated by the so much content you have to get through like 800 episodes plus and uh, it's still going and uh, the manga so it was part uh, history of how the manga came to be uh, and part how to not get intimidated and I was afraid because it was One Piece it would have the Gundam effect which I learned from Tobias which is basically if you do a Gundam panel the only people that will show up are Gundam fans so I thought it, this would be have the same effect of oh only One Piece fans are going to show up well happily half the room was new people that didn't that wanted to get into One Piece Wow, uh, which cool. which blew my mind. That I asked my question of just like, well, where are you in the One Piece story? And about half the room were new, and I think it was probably due to it's the 20th anniversary of the anime this year, and so maybe people were wondering how to get into it. So I gave them sort of entry points like the compilation um, specials, which I think I showed uh, one of them to you, Austin. 
Uh, he did. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, or One Piece Gold, which is a fun standalone movie. And uh, just kind of tips and tricks to, like, it's just a number. You don't, you don't overthink it. Um, there's other ways you can get into it through different online resources. Like, there's great um, recapping of the manga and the show through Twitter. Um, watch with a friend. Uh, <laughs> find a hook. Like, uh, like find a character. Or uh, find uh, the, the find something. There's always something interesting within the One Piece world that uh, may get you through the series. So, it was... or if you wanted to see just a small taste of One Piece, you could have come to our anime versaries panel, where we put in this awful uh... clip of <laughs> Nami stabbing uh, herself well, well, violently. I, okay, I didn't want to mention this, but Tobias, you do, you and I were so miscued on time cues. What was up with that? Where I I, I had it hey, to man. my my cue was to where she after the blood after she has cut herself. And Luffy grabs her arm with the knife, and the thing that I, I so because I didn't want to put anything that would be like traumatic to people because people can. I, 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 well, I, wanted, I wanted, it certainly I, worked out that way. I, I, I wanted to be I wanted to be sensitive to people's uh, emotions because that scene is very intense. But for some reason, for both that scene and for Jinro, Tobias and I were just completely wrong on the time codes. Whoa, I don't hey, know that why. Was, the Jinro one was spot on. Well, no, but you, I didn't show the end of my clip. The the end of my time clip was not seeing the little girl blow up. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I missed a lot, apparently, when I went into the next room. <laughs> Tobias just had a had a lust for blood I, in I, that I, panel I, later on. I, I just I mean, that's usual. I guess it was for blood, or just like I'm. I'm secretly like uh, the main character in Croaking a Basketball. Of no one can see me when I make a message. <laughs> or tw- so misdirection. Misdirection. No one can. No, no one can see my passes. So Gosh, that was a completely detangent here for two seconds. That was the word I realized that I was trying to figure out during my horror movies panel, and it just now hit me. Which one? Misdirection. misdirection. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Lust for Blood, which is yeah. actually very relevant to what we're about to talk about. But um, the, I will give I will give Tobias Miss Time Code uh, one credit thing. One thing I'm going to include in my panel for One Piece next time is uh, One Piece is a, is a very uh, emotional story with its um, characters' backgrounds because they usually have very dramatic background stories of trauma that happens um happens to them and that really um, builds a strong connection to the characters and so I think I'm going to mention that next time uh, in my panel and I'll probably show that clip of uh, Nami cutting the Arlong blood, Arlong tattoo uh, to everyone's chagrin so I can thank Tobias for that (laughs) (laughs) but overall the panel went really well and I'm uh, thanks to Tobias and Austin for their advice and I think it uh, looked pretty well. I'm going to streamline it a little bit, but um, getting more video clips in there, like the uh, liveactionindeed.com ad, the, the One Piece live-action Oh, man, cascade. that was so good. Uh, I, I'm going to probably include more of those, or uh, the One Piece wrapping commercial for Fanta. That's another great one. So, nice. So, yeah, it, it turned out really well. And uh, from just, uh, this was my last uh, solo panel. I'm hoping to do... A lot more. I have a lot of ideas in my head, and hopefully, I'll add to our never ending uh, panel catalog to choose from. One piece in the Netflix era. 
<laughs> I, they, they got that tease. Uh, the live action One Piece show might be coming to Netflix. So. Mm, older, older Lupin for new fans. <laughs> Lupin outside Lupin. <laughs> Lupin and Lupin. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. All right, Tori, curse us. All right. Um, so this is probably one of the two most successful things that I did all weekend. Um, but I did my uh, Japanese horror film panel, which was really exciting. Um, because I used to include this specifically in like a catch-all J-horror type thing. So, <coughs> excuse me. I would talk about um, horror anime, manga, and movies all in one. And I did that for a couple years. And then I was just like, I hate this. So it's time to do it in um, separate panels. But I basically did a whole bunch of movie marathoning. And by the end of it, I was extremely burnt out. I really don't want to watch another Japanese horror movie for like two years. (laughs) Um, But I got to watch a lot of cool stuff that I had not seen before. Um, I still have a couple movies on my computer that I did not get around to watching that I might include in the next go-round, and, um, excuse me, I, um, even have a couple ideas of how to spin off, um, but yeah, I filled a room with that, so that was cool, and I had a lot of fun doing it, so. Yeah, uh, Tori, I would say, out of all of us, I would say you were, um, Miss popularity because all your panels were pretty much filled to the brim. They were at full capacity. I think it's because a lot of people forget about doing horror content, and that's kind of like my niche. Like, that's what I've been into since I was like a kid, like a little kid. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it a lot at most of the conventions I go to. Even, even like AWA, every now and then there'll be a horror panel, but that's about it. Yeah. It's a popular genre, but I guess it's just not thought about, like you mentioned, among fans as a whole. Yeah. Tori has a very specific set of interests that involve dark, mean, bloody things, and also very fluffy things for Japanese children. <laughs> it's very true. <clears throat> Alright, so Friday, other than panels, what the heck did we do on Friday? Really not a lot. I mean, I didn't do much dealer rooming until later on, and mm-hmm. honestly didn't really end up in the dealer's room very much at all this I whole feel, weekend. I feel like pretty much after that, we went to go grab some food and just went back to the room because I pretty much. was starting to get sick at the beginning of that week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think we just went back and hung out and we kept working on stuff, and yeah. that was about it, Yeah. I do remember Sully was feeling a lot better. He wasn't feeling like death. Yeah, yeah. I, I was feeling much better after I had finally gotten some sleep on Thursday night. And I will <laughs> yeah. say on Friday, uh, that was the first chance I had to uh, finally meet uh, uh, Kotono Mitsuishi, who is the original Japanese voice actress of Sailor Moon. She had her first autograph session on Friday, and I waited in line um, for two hours, basically. I actually had... Uh, Andrew, um, my panel, like, overlapped when I was going to start to line up, so I had him, like, wait, uh, or it was when we were in the, uh, the To The Nines panel, I had him wait for half an hour and in my place in line, and I, like, tag-teamed him out, um, so (laughs) one of my closest friends in the world, Akira, uh, who I actually met because we both ran Sailor Moon Tumblr blogs, 
Um, she was going to come to Animazement, but uh, her grandmother has been sick, and so she opted out this year. But she had sent me her ADV uh, original DVD releases of the first season, the covers to them, and had asked me to sign, have them signed. So, um, I the first I, I got to meet uh, Kotono Mitsuishi twice. Uh, one on, once on Friday, and then when me and Tori and everyone got in line on Saturday, and um, to be able to meet her and get her to sign something for one of my dearest friends in the world was just a very magical experience. Like, I was just beaming the entire time. Like, when I left, I was just giddy and happy and, like, smiling and blushing. And I was like, my depression gone, my anxiety cure, my skin clear. It was a brand new day. Life begins anew. Um, so that's what I did. So, when you, like, when you guys were doing panels and I had nothing to do, I was waiting in line, so... <laughs> Fair enough. And on Saturday... Bless, bless you, Bill, and your brother Hank by proxy for waiting in line while I was in my own panel to get my <laughs> Evangelion art book signed by uh, Mitsuishi-san. So, mm-hmm. thank you, Bill. Uh, thank you. It was no problem. I I feel bad because I think I was just so tired, so I was kind of prickly to to everyone, and I <laughs> and I didn't mean to be that way. It's just I think just going and going with the, all the panels just after a while just kind of tired me out. And so I, I, Fair enough. I was, I was like, uh, uh, on, on, on a bit of edge of just like, what? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a line. We, we had, we had to wait uh, for like an hour, right? Yeah. I, well, got in there. We well, that... up... Oh, sorry, Tori, go ahead. I was gonna say, we wind up like an hour early mm-hmm. and I'm glad we did. Cause it ended up, it didn't look like it was going to, but it ended up capping. And then um, there was a little bit of a flub on staff's part um, about the order people lined up in. So people were thinking they weren't going to get an autograph, but I think they ended up fixing it and everybody walked out with at least one thing signed, which was really good. Um, But, oh my gosh, she was so sweet. I went up there and I wanted so bad to just, like, tell her, oh my gosh, Usagi is my role model. And then I looked (laughs) at her and we locked eyes and I just, I I was speechless. I was just like, my inner, like, seven-year-old was just going, eh. I was the same way. She was so sweet. I know. She was so sweet. I tried to to keep my composure and, you know, do, like, a bow and an arigato, but... I think I just kind of mumbled it out right quick. Like, oh. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't take your tiara off and throw it at her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Let's jump into Saturday, and that starts again off of the very early morning with uh, Tobias talking about the the blue blur. The blue blur. Uh, yep. Ramiel. Uh, <laughs> Ramiel. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, starting off at nine thirty with a classic Sonic the Hedgehog, a uh, panel I just premiered a playthrough just two months ago, I think. And uh, like panels I did previously, just let's take a classic video game franchise that I've enjoyed that people have mostly forgotten, and uh, let's talk about it and why it's still relevant. Yeah, I kind of oh, did Tobias, this you think uh, people have forgotten about Sonic? Well, they've forgotten that Sonic is a good series, actually. 
the new games maybe not so much, but the classic games are classic for a reason. And uh, just like I did with Star Fox a few years back, and even uh, with Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, two years ago, I think, or a year ago, just kind of going over the classic games and uh, their development and digging in a little deeper than just saying, hey, these games are good, play them. And uh, I, yeah, I had actually a really good crowd. Uh, surprisingly, for all of our 930 panels, I expect no one to show right. up. But even even that panel uh, got about three quarters of the way full uh, with people I didn't remember before. It wasn't just Bill and Hank and uh, and Michael hanging out there uh, as I kind of expected it to be. There were actually a lot of people there, and people really enjoyed it. Uh, I improved it a little bit from the playthrough version, just streamlined it a little, and made it you know made it work in the time frame. But uh, again, this worked out very very well, and had a lot of fun giving it because again, this is a series that I feel like a lot of people give a lot of hell now. Uh, for good reason to some degree but those those old games are good for a reason are classic and uh i really enjoyed uh you know talking about those games from my youth yeah uh, so tobias hey oh go ahead bill um tobias i i don't mean to be blowing smoke but um that's the first time i had seen that panel and just uh that panel in general just blew me away with how well and how polished it was uh Thank you. And I, this Hank, myself, and my friend Michael, we just we really enjoyed it. I I did not know about the uh, the quotes on the Japanese box, <laughs> the Japanese <laughs> box art, which were amazing. These amazing, like serious, uh, like Zen, philosophical, like, phil- philosoph- philosophic quotes. Um, so I get a I get a real uh, kick out of that, and I just think. Oh, was um, there like a quote from James Cameron on it or something? <laughs> No, there's just these really, like, uh, I guess because, again, it, it, Jap- for a Japanese game, they really like the English language, just like how we like to put random Japanese characters on everything, because it mm-hmm. looks cool, you know? So it's the trendy. Original, yeah, the, the original Sonic games, uh, uh, Sonic, you know, they're just, like the, the, the Genesis era games, have these really goofy English quotes on the boxes, just like, never look back, never, you know, never, never, never hold any regrets, like, look toward the sun and continue onward, and you're just like, what the hell, this is Sonic the fucking Hedgehog, you don't need this. Uh, one cares not to acknowledge the mistakes of one's youth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is ridiculous, but yeah. But uh, but in general, just like uh, Tobias, your your panels and are are really good, and I hope I can be as good as your panels someday. <laughs> oh no, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I feel like we all have our own voices to some degree. So, I mean, I'm good at a certain style, but we feel like we're all good at our own kind of styles there. But I, I don't, I don't do I, nowadays. I don't do a lot of very specific topics like this. Uh, you know, I look, I look at like your One Piece panel, your Lupin panel, and uh, Tori's Precure panel, and like I used to do a lot of the very series specific panels. <laughs> I've kind of moved away into more general, uh, g- like general audience panels, just for a couple reasons. But it's good to di- like deep dive into something that you really, really enjoy. And I don't know, there's always something I've really liked, even way before I started doing panels, of just, like, either thinking about or, you know, teaching to some degree about something that I really, really like. And it's something that you'll, you'll never really, you know, have a class on One Piece. But at AnimeCons, you can. And it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's, like, it's cool to, like, you really, really enjoy something. You know, like One Piece or, or you know, any franchise, for instance. I just go to that one because I know Bill's really into One Piece. But to be able to have a stage and express your love in that degree 
you know, when our community is really more focused around cosplaying characters or doing this or that, uh, I think anime cons have their very specific teaching moment for these franchises that I think are still important to their own degree. Uh, I'm sad they're going away, you know, it, to to some degree, but I, I do hope that you know, when we look at all the people that show up at these panels, I hope that's something that people still foster a love for. Hey, Tobias, do you remember I, Gundam Wing? Gundam Wing? Yeah. I, you, mean, you mean that that guy with a really awful voice? Like, what? A Gundam? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I figured, I figured that would be a great segue into talking about your next panel. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Gundam panel I do, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, the next panel is, again, uh, my 90s panel, Tapes Toonami and Teenagers, which I've been doing for a couple of years now. Uh I, it was just kind of a initially I devised this panel as just a way to fill the time just to do something kind of generic that would hit a wide audience hey um, kids remember the 90s yeah exactly and and kind of like I say in the panel itself I got tired of going to panels about the 90s that was just alright here's here's good you know Dragon Ball Z who remembers this obscure show called Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and everyone just claps it, like claps at the screen I like, remember right. I remember yeah, it's that. Like, here, here's Yu Yu Hakusho. Remember you guys watched Yu Yu Hakusho? Of course you do. Whoa. Because anybody who watched, you know, Toonami then watched Yu Yu Hakusho, watched Dragon Ball Z. It's obvious everyone did that. And, you know, I, of course you're going to have some nostalgia in these panels, and that's fine. But I wanted, I wanted again, to talk about, like, what it was like to be a fan. Like, the media and you know, the, the rise of the internet culture that... Uh, a lot of these people did experience like transitioning from AOL to broadband and to streaming now, but uh, it's still kind of fun to go back and take a look and remember about you know mo- modem noises and Usenet and you know anime to web turnpike and that kind of crap. Uh, so it's it's something I've done for a while. I'm very I, I can give this panel my sleep at this point really, uh, but it's a lot of fun just to kind of joke around about this uh, these aspects of this fandom to sort of. Uh, talk about how things have changed in the way we have uh, consumed this media. You know, a lot of this stuff I don't think some people do know because um, you know back then, even then, I was a very young young fan, and I didn't I didn't really have internet access until the the the, the actual two thousands. And hearing about you know from over time, just like the Cartoon Fantasy Organization and these anime clubs, so it's, it was a lot of learning for me too. And, I'm, and I hope that uh, some people take something from it rather than just mm-hmm. laugh at you know my dumb jokes. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, the oldest teenagers that are alive right now were not born in the 90s, so this can be an interesting experience if they have any inclination to want to come to this panel. Oh, so it can sure. be a uh, less mm-hmm. of a nostalgia trip and more of a uh, learning experience for, for, the, for that specific demographic of convention goers. Yeah, and I like, like, kind of like what Bill mentioned earlier, the, the whole Gundam effect. Uh, I, think, I think I coined this phrase uh, in this panel, just the idea that uh, only people who remember the 90s and were big tsunami kids would go to this panel. But I do hope that there at least were some people that maybe are, are younger, younger into that generation, maybe don't really remember the 90s, that <laughs> wanted to experience. I really hope that I was able to at least teach somebody something. Because it's kind of fascinating yeah. to me going to, for instance, uh, you know, like Dave Merrill's panels at AWA where he talks mm-hmm. about fandom in the 80s and how it started in the 70s and 80s and it's always kind of fascinating to, to, to hear that kind of stuff that you wouldn't be able to hear really anybody tell you know these first-hand accounts so i'm hoping that maybe you know a few years from now there's people in a very similar situation who don't remember the 90s that seemed just yesterday to me 
would go back and actually learn something new from from these panels i do mm -hmm. definitely for sure all right tori uh our flagship panel is up next and that's disney in japan which is Damn. something we've only just kind of started doing but i've had so much fun with this panel this this panel i find to be an absolute blast every time we've done it uh, oh, i think yeah. this is our third time doing it we started it at awa last year we did it at triad and now this is the third time yeah. and we kind of change it up uh, a little bit, but it's generally the same thing. It's basically um, just we talk too much the panel. That's so true. I mean, there's <laughs> there's so there is so much to cover with the long mm -hmm. and interesting and complicated and good and bad relationship between Disney and Japan over the years. So it's yes. there's a lot of content there, and like we really could make this a two hour panel if I we really just wanted about to. to say. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, we almost kind of have to, but I think I think this one, I feel like this one that we did this time was the best time we've done it, mm -hmm. at least in my point of view, I think. No, I, I feel that, and um, I like this one a lot because you know a lot more about the um, historical context of things, and I know a lot more about, like, park culture and company culture and, mm -hmm. excuse me, it's... um two two separate perspectives on something that's really interesting and a lot more mm -hmm. influential than one would think <laughs> indeed so yeah it, it's always fun to put on and it's it, i mean this this scratches my little uh kingdom hearts itch because i've kind <laughs> of retired my kingdom hearts panel for right now because kind of like tobias with his 90s panel it's like i've done it so many times and i could do it in my sleep but i'm kind of like getting a little bit tired of doing it yeah. just because I've been, do that's my oldest panel and I've been doing it for so long and like it is a true behemoth and I, I feel like if I want to do it again in the future, which I definitely do I just need to sort of rebuild it from the ground up in some <laughs> ways um, but doing the Disney in Japan panel helps scratch that itch because I do get to mention Kingdom Hearts because that is a huge part of the relationship between Disney and Japan, especially in the last 20 years yeah um, so uh, that definitely that 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 does it for me for at least mm -hmm. for right now until I bring the Kingdom Hearts panel back. But uh, yeah, and I, I like how um, recently I I added in a uh, piece of information that I wasn't super aware of, which was the uh, the '90s and 2000s like Disney afternoon cartoon block. Um, well, yeah, it was um, essentially oh, yeah. made by the uh, Japanese branch of of uh, Walt Disney Animation. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you were watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers, if you were watching Gargoyles, if you were watching, like, any of the uh, made-for-VHS made movies, it's like, those were animated in Japan by people yeah. who used to work for Toei and TMS and all that stuff. Uh, so I love reminding people that anime is Disney is anime. Absolutely. <laughs> At least on some level. <laughs> So, uh, Sully, you're a, this is your Criterion Collection panel. Okay, to start with, it is not my Criterion panel, although uh, <laughs> in some ways it, it should be, um, because one of the chief difficulties of, like, my, my rule with this panel was I was only going to speak about film that could be easily, legally obtained uh, by the audience, and the unfortunate part is one of the few companies that uh, I could easily find that was selling reasonably priced Japanese film with English subtitles is the Criterion Collection. Um, <laughs> Told you. I would say I would say a good four or five out of the ten that I showed were Criterion. But yeah, so the the films I so my whole point with this panel was I, I do enjoy foreign film 
and I do specifically enjoy Japanese film, and I feel like um, a lot of anime fans don't really think about movies from Japan if they're not anime movies. Um, and so I really wanted to kind of like introduce that world, and I, I jokingly call this my snob panel because I do have to, I do kind of put on my like academic brain when I do this, and I really do kind of pick movies that are uh, some are genre movies, so science fiction, uh, horror, <coughs> fantasy, and then some are dramas or period pieces, and it's it's me trying to like communicate that this movie might not be. Um, animated or it might not be very bombastic but it's still good and it's worthwhile for watching for these reasons and so I kind of uh, half of the movies are really like over the top or half of them are really kind of serious or uh, thought-provoking and one of my big pet peeves when people talk about Japan in general but specifically movie is movies are look at these crazy movies they're so weird Japan is so weird one that's really racist and it, Mm -hmm. it drives me up the wall and two um, there is so much in terms of Japanese film that, you know, has moved me. There are movies that have made me cry. Like, two of the movies on that list made me legitimately tear up and cry watching them. So I really wanted to kind of introduce movies that were uh, easily accessible to the audience and ones that I thought, you know, my goal was I want every person in the audience to find at least one movie that they wanted to see and that I could maybe introduce them to it and how they could watch it. Um, so I, this was kind of like my big panel this weekend, like the one I really was putting a lot of my energy into and I'm really proud of how it turned out. And, um, my goal is every time I do it, I show 10 completely different movies and I already have those 10 and more. Like, I think I have a list of like up to 50 movies I've picked so far. Um, so I have, I, this panel will be, you know, it'll be ready. I just have to, you know, be selective of what I want to talk about. Um, uh, so I'm really excited, and it, it, it was really nice. And there was a moment, um, there's one of the movies I talk about, uh, uh, Takashi Kitano's Dolls from 2002, um, where a girl rolls down the hill, like she just sort of, you know, faints dead away and rolls down this hill, and the, the audience laughed, and I... I had to kind of restrain myself because I'm so... Again, I'm trying to train people that, you know... um, The trailer I showed is very clearly setting up a tragedy or a very somber story. And I'm so reactive to this current, like, mean culture we have where everything that's awkward or not easily... Not immediately explained to you is a laugh-worthy moment. And I'm trying to train them to to think (coughs) otherwise. And so when a few people laughed, I got kind of... That was, like, one point I got a little irritated. And I'm having... like teach myself that like okay my goal here is to teach people to look at movies in a different way I have to meet them halfway and understand they're not necessarily going to look at this trailer the same way I might having seen the movie and having uh, kind of learned film language in this way um, mm-hmm. Tori weren't you sitting in on my panel for this I one? was yeah and I thought it was really good there I walked out with a lot of movies that I want to watch <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I'm really hoping this is one I get to do more often, or at least mm-hmm. um, I get to do as kind of a, a traveling, sh- I, I call it a traveling show. Like, again, it's every time you go to this panel, there'll be ten completely different movies. I won't do the same ten <laughs> twice. Um, so I'm really hoping this is something I get to continue, and I hope that people uh, will, will see that there's more coming out of Japan than animation. And, again, I really just cringe 
and I hate to use that word, at people who are like, oh, this movie's so weird. And I did show some. I showed House uh, from 77. Um, I showed Tokyo Drifter, which is very wild, and I love it. It's very, it's, it's, it does its own thing. But I, 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 again, it's like, you know, there's there's fun stuff, and there's funny stuff, and there's weird stuff, but there's also things like One Wonderful Sunday, which I think is a beautiful movie, and uh, Sweet Bean, which is one of the other movies that made, uh, Dolls and Sweet Bean were the two that made me cry, and that movie just made me tear up and just, like, well up, and I, I wanted to show, like, quieter movies, too. That's why I was kind of, like, really hesitant to talk about um, the one movie that I did, Tag. It's the one that starts out with the scene where the girls are literally all cut in half on the bus. That Um, scene was wild. Yes, because, like, yeah, that is shock factor. Yeah, it's wacky. But, like, when you look past that and you get to the core of the movie, it really is about, like, the lesbian experience for a young woman in Japan in a society that values um, conformity over um, non-conformity, and I knew that was the only way I was going to grip people. <laughs> so um, I feel you. I feel you on that, because it is really awful, I think, for people to always be like, oh, what's wacky old Japan up to now, and all that sort of stuff. So If it's any consolation when you showed that clip, and I'm sure we'll get to it, because your panel, I think, is coming up soon. Um, I, I mean, yeah, there's a shot factor, and then afterwards, like, it's horrifying, like, the bus slows down, and then I just, like, I'm one of those people, I kind of put myself in the scene, I'm like, what if I were on that bus, and, like, I were surrounded by all of these bodies. All of my dead friends. (laughs) And and not knowing what to do, and being in the middle of nowhere, no explanation, like, that is a terrifying, like, that's that's something straight out of a nightmare. Exactly. Um, There's no real explanation, and it's something so surreal, but jarring and visceral. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really, and this goes with anime too, because, uh, so many anime are like, oh, look how weird they are, how wacky, and there is, there are some that are done that way. I mean, look at Ikuhara, he is both very meaningful and he just loves to do wild things, but, I mean, Iku Gonohara, but, um, at the same time, I'm very tired of this meme culture where we're constantly seeking out the next thing to laugh at or next thing to kind of like, you know, jeer at, and I'm more Mm -hmm. into, let's, let's look at surrealism from a more, you know, open-minded view. So things that we don't understand, look for the symbolism or embrace the the surreal aspect or start respecting that there are cultures that we do not live in and we do not understand completely and we will not have all of the same cues or shared visual Social language. Social context. Exactly. Like, I remember yeah. uh, the... I forget. It wasn't the panel I showed, but uh, a baby popping out of a peach is obviously a reference to Momotaro, the, the Japanese fairy tale. And then, you know, here, it's like, oh, it's so wacky. Why would a baby come out of the peach? Well, you know, to us, it doesn't make any sense, but that's a, a shared cultural uh, icon mm-hmm. in Japan that would not be as out of place. I mean, look at us. We have stories about, you know pumpkins turning into carriages and you know japan an old woman who lived in a shoe an old woman who lived in a shoe like these are things that you know we can talk about because it's a shared part of our culture that uh, doesn't necessarily translate and that's one of my goals with this panel is again it's like you can't just watch these movies because you want to watch something weird you have to watch these and try to see that there's all of these movies have a message and it's your job as a viewer to decipher that message and then interpret it for yourself 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think to be fair, just not to not to play devil's advocate or anything, but I feel like <clears throat> you also have to need to understand like the context of showing these things in the panels. So we talk about like the the, the that that whole bus scene where the, everything gets cut in half. Like you're they're not you know. And sure, you're in a horror panel, but you're still in a convention space mm-hmm. where, and usually when a room gets full like that, people are already in a very, like, you know, high spirits. They're ready to sort of like laugh a little bit, you know, not really serious, you know, serious panel time. And yeah. especially, you know, with Tori's panel, like, sure it was a horror panel, but there's a lot of, you show like that funny scene from, uh, maybe not funny, but it, it was, I guess, out of context, it was kind of funny. I think from The Grudge, I think, right after The Ring, with the one oh, that yeah, was crawling down, down the stairs. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's so I mean, slow. Sure, maybe it's not meant to be funny, but come on, like, it, it's it's kind of funny and, it like, is. out of context. So, I, 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 like, I think we have that moment we briefly talked about in Surrealism, even, where... There's there's a there's a shocking scene that I show that's just people have to chuckle and part of it is like this crass you know tee but some of it is also just shock value as when you're well, we're shocked as people one of our reactions is to like let out a laugh and well, it's we, just part we, of it it's a it's a human nature thing as if we're scared yeah. or if we're uh, we we use laughter as a defense mechanism. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not to really take away from the point that, you know, Japan is wacky and weird, guys, because that, that's definitely a dumb, like a dumb take. But I feel like as far as like the panel context is concerned, uh, as far as designing the panels and thinking of clips to show, like there's going to be parts where people maybe laugh a little out of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of have to give them that context after. Like like, like in this case, like yeah. you did, Sully, let's talk about it. That's, this is why this is not really like funny. It's mm-hmm. a little shocking, sure, but like, here's the context. And I feel yeah. like you did a good job of that in the, the panel as a whole. I really enjoyed your uh, your movie panel. I feel like you had even beyond just you know the the talking and the the you know the, the actual movie selection. I feel like you did a really good job as far as designing the slides. Um, one of the gifs. Uh, I'm not a really big gif user when it comes to panels, uh, unlike you guys. But I feel like there's one that really stopped me even now. I think it's the, well, the one wonderful Sunday. When she's standing between those two buses that pass her on the way. Oh, that's that's Ikudu. Okay, yeah. Uh, and to live. Just, uh, just some. That that was the one where the. Uh, well, that's the one where the uh, like the, the 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 young couple that's broke, right? No, that the one wonderful Sunday is the um, is the, the young couple. couple. Ikudu okay. is about the old man who finds out he has cancer. But that, uh, right. the, the bus scene is from that one. Right, right, yeah. But I think this is seeing that. Uh, not not just in one single video, but as as the, as the slide played, as you talked over, it was a really good choice. And I think that one scene stands out to me. I think for this podcast, that's going to be my one memorable scene, guys, is watching Sully <laughs> give that one give that one slide in that one panel. Most iconic moment. <laughs> yeah, most. I I went out of my way to make that like that panel look very stylish. Like my goal was to make it look like the intertitles of a silent movie. Um, and I was like, every every slide has to have two gifs that you know uh, sum up that film or are very beautiful to look at, like the buses. Or with One Wonderful Sunday, I used the scene where the girl is directly addressing the audience and saying, "Please, for all the young lovers, cheer us on." Because I was like, those are that's the that's the that's the thesis of this movie. Um, so I, I wanted it like I'm trying to learn like my balance of gifts and pictures in my panels, but for that one, I feel like because it is a film panel, when you're not actually watching the trailers or the clips I present, like there has to be some moving visual interest because it is about film. I could have just used the posters, but I felt like gifts are 
like mini films that you know allow you to watch them but not get distracted from me talking about them yeah as long as they're not like too frenetic that can work really well to your advantage but i mean i find it if if a gif is like really really over the top and really distracting it can be distracting um so it's all about striking that balance but i definitely hear what you're saying um but yeah my my uh panel here that i that was uh right after Soli's is uh similar in that regard but it's more about anime movies and that's a panel that i do a lot pretty much at every con i go to which is anime movies you may have missed and I essentially go through ten films that I think uh, are, like, old classics that are worth revisiting, kind of what, like, Tobias does in his uh, older anime uh, panel. I try and tie it back to, you know, things and ideas and sentiments and aesthetics and characters that still can resonate, resonate with people in the modern day. And then I talk about, like, uh, things that were popular, like, a bit ago, but maybe people forgot forget to mention these days. And things that, like, just came out that people may not have had a chance to see yet. Um, like but, Kiki's Delivery Service and How's Movie Castle. Of course, you know, those <laughs> classics that no one else has seen. Um, but yeah, um, I really like doing that panel. It's really difficult for me to change the lineup because I feel like I've... T- I've through trial and error I have like stri- I have like <coughs> striked that perfect balance between like classics and semi-recent stuff and super recent stuff and it's really difficult for me to change it like I I took out um a letter to Momo and um, Night on the Galactic Railroad this time and that like hurt me cuz I really like those movies a lot um, but I swapped them out for uh, Penguin Highway and gosh what was the other one robot carnival so kind of similar i guess they still flowed really well um as the panel did earlier but just really hard for me to change that lineup i need to get better about that (coughs) but uh i always talk about vampire hunter d bloodlust because i love that movie (laughs) and i always talk about redline because that movie is now 10 years old and i feel like people still don't give that movie enough credit um and then uh Lou Over the Wall I end it with because that movie is just amazing and I feel like that's probably the um, the work by Masaki Yuasa that doesn't get enough attention um, either Lou or maybe Ping Pong are stuff that like when I see the Yuasa discourse like those don't come up, come up often enough and I wish that they did because there's a lot of talk about him um, so I, I love ending it with Lou because I think it's awesome uh, but yeah, I really like doing that panel, and I always get excited for it. It's, again, another panel I can kind of do in my sleep at this point, but uh, I always like... I like how it's malleable, even though I still kind of do the same thing each time, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so back to you, Sully. Your next panel is about Sailor Moon. Oh boy, do I have a story. <laughs> oh no. I have a story. So... <clears throat> This is a, a, a musical panel, like or a panel where I talk about the Sailor Moon musicals, and um, I had hecklers. I had two guys who came into the panel, and they sat in the middle of, you know, in the middle toward it towards the aisles, and um, this again, this is a Sailor Moon panel. The entire audience, save for those guys and one other boy who was with his girlfriend, are women and me and 
everyone else in the audience, I love. They were perfect. They were getting into it. They were, like, if they did not know about it, they were getting into it. If they knew about it, they were with me, like, snapping their fingers, getting into it, like, like oh, oh, remember this part? Remember, oh, this was so great. Um, and these guys were, like, like being rude. Like, they were mocking the dances that I were show. Like, I would show, I would show, like, a musical, like, a song number before I talked about the specific musical. And they were mocking it and, like, making really loud and rude comments. And this Sailor V cosplayer bless you wherever you are got up and got con security and had them kicked out like i was not i was just gonna let them i was just gonna like you know i can get through this i'm not gonna worry about but you know i really this is what this is my question if you're at a con and you're in a sailor moon musical panel and you're the only as i even called i was like i can guess who the straight guys in this audience are (laughs) like if you're the only like straight like straight men in the audience for a sailor moon musical but what do you think is going to happen if you make fun of it with everyone surrounding you like what show your process what was your end goal here i need to know your. they had one brain cell between the two of them (laughs) exactly um so they got kicked out and the rest of the panel went great um it i got a lot of people come up and say i'm so glad you talked about this like i felt like i was the only one who cared a lot of people come and said i want to watch them now um and this was one of my like this could go either way either it's gonna go really well or it's going to be like flop because no one cares and it it went really well so i have a feeling this is going to be in the the repertoire for a while um hopefully without hecklers again um and wherever you are uh, I hope you've learned that the moonlight is the message of love and you've accepted Sailor Moon <laughs> into your heart. So I'm going to introduce this in a way that uh, Sully would highly appreciate, but uh, next up is Tori's late night double feature picture show. <laughs> oh. Gosh. Um, anyway, so let me just give some... Sorry, I'm like moving around here, but um, let me just give some context with the fact that you, I, and Tobias had ducked out really quick to get some dinner because I was hungry, and we had about a 40-minute wait for a table, and then it took about equally as long to get our food, which, that's fine. It was a con weekend. We went to a ramen shop. We knew what we were doing. <laughs> Bad move. Uh, I mean, it was delicious. really good, though. Yeah. yeah. So, this entire time... I'm like, oh, like, it's fine. My panel starts at 8.30. It's good. Long of the short, I mixed it up with my panel on Friday night, so it actually started at 8. Um, so about 7.30, I get a call from a number I don't recognize, and I don't answer numbers I don't recognize, so I let it go to voicemail, and then I got a text, and apparently it was, um, <clears throat> it was, um, fan panel staff saying, hey, um, the rest of your panels tonight in this room might be canceled because the last panelist smelt an electrical, like, smoky type smell. Um, so we had to vacate the room. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, uh, let me just finish dinner. We're almost done and I'll run over. And then I find out through Sully that everything was fine. And so I'm like speed walking and I get to my panel. I'm only, like, five minutes late, which was really nice. Um, but I'm sweaty. I'm out of breath. And I go through it so fast. <laughs> and um, I partly wish that uh, the electronics had caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> so I could have been like, yeah, that was me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I kept the crowd uh, energized for thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, that, that wouldn't be the first time over the weekend that I made somebody angry. So it's all good. 
Um, but no, the panel went really well. I had a really good crowd. Um, I only They were very supportive. They were, and it was really nice. So shout out to any of you who came because you, you helped me calm down. You got me through it. Um... I only ended up finishing maybe like 15 minutes early and we had some good discussion. People like recommended things to me and I recommended some other things and people gave me some good ideas um, for what I could talk about next time. And some of it I actually like had in the panel and then cut it because I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. But um, I I opened it to more like subgenres of horror. So I talked about some like psychological stuff. I talked about some like existential type stuff and um my thing is like horror anime lately is really stale um there's nothing new coming out and when it is it's just very gross like voyeuristic like emotional torture like we're making these characters suffer for no real good reason type of thing and I've moved past that phase in my life I don't I don't like to watch that anymore like I would rather the characters Mm -hmm. be going through something that feels more real versus just like you know i'm i'm killing people left and right just for the heck of it and um it's hard your future diaries of the world exactly but i mean you know future diary at the time was like a sort of unique concept i'm talking more like elfin lead and like some guy was just like well what do you think of elfin lead and i'm like (laughs) <laughs> it's hot garbage. Oh, I was just like, it's it's not that good. I'm it sorry. Has a, it has so. a good. It has a great opening song, but if you took that away, it's a really crappy show. Yeah, Welcome it it had now. a it had a good a good like idea, and then they killed a dog, and then it was just gratuitous like nudity and suffering for no reason. So I'm just like, okay, I'm not 15 anymore. I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, but it it went over really well and. Um, good response. So, yeah. And then, well, um, before them, uh, I was walking around and I noticed that between your panels, literally the entire hallway filled full of bodies, eagerly anticipating more horror being injected into their eyeballs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this next panel was like my magnum opus like this is just the like thing that i am most proud of because it's a lot of fun and um i felt bad for the people that were in the first panel and i was like oh yeah you can stay that's fine and then staff was like please leave (laughs) um but i noticed the people that were in front that wanted to come back got in so that's good um but yeah i did my um jinji ito panel and that went over for most people really well um I talked about, like, who he was, what he's done, um, and all sorts of stuff. So that one I put probably (laughs) my most research into and, like, my most work time into, and I think it really shows (laughs) compared to, like, everything else. But, um, no, that that was the one I had people coming up to me and being like, hey, this is the, you know, nicest presented panel that I've seen, and I've been going to conventions for a long time, and I don't know who you are, guy, but thank you, because that made me cry. (laughs) So, mm -hmm. and then, um, for both of those panels, I had these really funny, um, Promise Neverland cosplayers, like, crash both of them. (laughs) Oh, they were, they were They were so pure. They were so (laughs) funny. They had to be, like, young teens. Like, they didn't look a day over, like, 15 or 16 years old. I don't know. They were very young. 
They're and probably going to be listening to this and be like, we're all um, 30, 35. Actually, I'm 11, so shut the heck up. <laughs> um, and I ended up running into them again on Sunday. And I was like, oh, hi, guys. And they were like, hey, you. It was so, it was so funny. So if you guys are older than I guesstimated, because I'm really bad, because I look like I'm 12, so I never know. Um, uh, you guys were a, a good part of that um, panel, both of those panels. So thank you. But... Yeah. I feel bad that I thought they were a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, the, the, the Promise Neverland is, is actually a very popular. <laughs> the Promise yeah. Neverland is actually a very popular K-pop group. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that um, that wrapped up all my solo panels for the weekend. So I had a lot of fun, and um, you know, I I think I made my mark, and um, <laughs> oh yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> So think, you know, uh, if you, you definitely wanna... had the uh, the best uh, audience turnout of all of our stuff over the weekend, just mm-hmm. consistently, your panels were packed. People, oh yes, really, really enjoy. I mean, I didn't get to go to these two because because everyone else was going to them, but it just kind of blew me away that like I, I, I think I think you had a point where there wasn't a whole lot of other horror content, so you were the only mm-hmm. the only like venue for these people to get that right. Fix. And my my only thing now is people are going to be like, oh, well, I'll do this and I'll fill, this, fill the seats. And I'm just like, okay, you know, that's fine, but this is this is my thing. Don't take it from me. Well, actually, <laughs> got to search your dominance. It. I um, made Junji Ito, actually. Yeah, I birthed him. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, my son. He's my son. He came out of my spiral. Thank you very much. <laughs> God, that's so gross. Um... But yeah, I mean, this is this is honestly. I know we have a couple other panels to talk about that I sat in on, but honestly, like, this is the first animazement in a long time, like as an actual adult and not just going as a young young teen. That I think I can say very confidently that I had a lot of fun at. So it's, it's it was good. <laughs> so before this next panel, we actually all got together and gave Bill the greatest gift of all time. Well, well wait before you get to the gift, I I gotta talk about uh, two two quick things. Uh, uh-huh. There was a there's I didn't go to Tori's horror panels because I'm not really a horror guy. And I, Bill's baby. And I, I'm, I'm a baby baby. I, I need my blanket. <laughs> uh, and I'd, ra- I'd rather give that seat to someone who was actually really into horror stuff. Mm-hmm. So, That's valid. So instead, they in one of the viewing rooms, uh, they were showing Hells, the uh, the movie that's uh, <coughs> that uh, Team uh, Team Four Star dubs and uh, Discotech put out. Uh, my quick review of it is it reminded me very much of a trigger show <laughs> in that it's very visually appealing, but uh, the story just wanted to make uh, make me want to tear my hair out. <laughs> uh, Didn't you say it felt like kind of just meandery and like it couldn't make up its mind what it wanted to do? Yeah, that was also the problem. Whereas at first it's, it's uh, like it's a high school setting, but in hell with demons. And now we're going to go into religi- uh, religious subtext of Christianity of how you are secretly uh, the, the, the descendant of Eve and I am the descendant of Adam and we are the descendants of Cave and Abel and it just got so up its own butt that it just like uh, I <laughs> that it just it just frustrated me and the reason why I give it a trigger comparison even though it's not made by them is I think it was made by Madhouse is um, mm-hmm. it's it's visually very interesting to watch, 
but but my problem with most trigger shows is that excluding their shorts is they're more style than substance Mm-hmm. Oof! Ouch! I, so, that hurt. That hurt me. Bill, that I agree stabbed with me. You, Bill. Bill, we, we better throw hands. <laughs> yeah, I, that stabbed me right in my little witch academia. That, How dare you? That well, that's harsh. I I don't mean it to be, but it's, it, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're 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 not good. They're not their their strength is not story, for the most part. Most yeah. of their works are not strong story narratives. Excluding, I, mean, I, feel, you, I feel like with Hell's Eye, I, I see what you're saying. At least I, I watched it a few years back, and I felt like. The ending just it doesn't it's one of those endings that it it could end three or four times but it doesn't it, it just it, keeps going mm-hmm. it it, mm-hmm. it, it should have ended like 20 minutes after it ended so after a while we just um michael went with the movie with, uh, with me and we just left to go to surrealism the other my other complaint uh is uh this is more of a complaint about my hotel i stayed at you guys stayed at the sheridan i stayed at the um the Marriott, the one that's mm-hmm. attached to the convention, the fancy hotel. Yeah. Um, even though it was fancy, the stupid thing is Michael brought all his game stuff and the TV could not connect to, uh, with the HDMI cord to project onto the TV for some reason. The, 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 the hotel has some sort of system that's blocking the signal, which basically made the TV null and void. And the remote for the TV is... For a hidden cable box within the room, uh, so it's not a proper remote. So it was just kind of frustrating dealing with the TV. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was frustrating because he had brought his big ass, sorry, uh, computer that weighs like twenty pounds and that takes up a whole table, and with all these cords. And so it was just kind of frustrating. But uh, I made it up to him by playing a uh, Mario Party two at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> yeah, it, Man. and I was the first one at the at the night at nine thirty at the twenty nineteen panel. So I'm, I'm freaking dedicated. I'm freaking dedicated, people. You you are a conventioning monster. <laughs> My hat's off to you. No one can deny Bill's dedication. Indeed. But uh, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, can Hills in short was uh, frustrating. But now now to the to the to my personal main event. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So I'd been sitting on this gift since when? Ichiban Con? Was that it? Or was no, that... Triad. No, it was we triad got a Con. Triad, yeah. Okay, and uh, I got it at the uh, Otaku Flea Market from a guy for $20, and it was the greatest purchase I've ever made. And had Bill not been A, such a very good boy, and B, such a big Lupin fan, I probably would have kept this little piece of nonsense for myself. Oh, you weren't going to buy it had I not nagged you to do it, so... (laughs) That's so true. I had a moment of weakness, so I'm glad that you were there to uh, clear that up for me, but Mm -hmm. we got Bill... I I don't even know how to describe it. Can Tori, why don't you describe what we got for Bill? It's like, you know, in Looney Tunes where Wile E. Coyote will shoot the gun, or like maybe it was Bugs Bunny. Anyway, in old cartoons where they would like shoot the gun, but like a boxing glove on a spring would shoot out instead. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a mechanism like that, except it's Lupin jumping out of his clothes and it leaves him in his boxer shorts. And he launches towards a Fujiko figure. She's, like, laying, like, on her side, wrapped up in a bed sheet. And if it had batteries in it that worked, he yells, Fujiko! And that's it. (laughs) 
and it's attached to like this little replica Walther P thirty eight Lupin signature gun. Yeah. And you pull the trigger on the gun, and he jumps out of his clothes, <laughs> and it is now Bill's prized possession. Uh, yeah. I I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe you found this. I think you guys took <laughs> pictures. Uh, I I can't wait to see the pictures, or the video you guys took at some point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's like the dumbest thing, but it's so funny. It's so funny, and it's a it's a funny callback because that's that's how it is in the uh, red jacket opening is him yeah. jumping out of his clothes and then Fuchiko with a boxing glove just knocking him back. I'm just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I was completely shocked by it, and I and I loved it so much. I have it on my figure <laughs> shelf with all my other Lupin figures. Uh, I if I could I need to get like a thing to hold the gun so that way it could look better. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's on my figure shelf in all its glory. So thank you again, Austin Tory. It was great. Mm-hmm. Well, you are so welcome, sir. And uh, unfortunately, Tobias was not there to uh, help give the gift because he was busy setting up for his panel. Yep. Uh, so I was there first thing in the morning, Saturday morning, and the last panel. Of that night with Surrealism and Anime, which I've given uh, almost as long as the 90s panel. Uh, It's changed a lot more than that panel, however, with uh, a rotating playlist, various stuff. I've updated uh, that with some some new shows and new movies that just came out this year. It is your anime hell, as we have decided. Yeah, I mean, kind of. It's it's themed, but uh, it's more of a clip show. And I still feel like maybe last year's Animazent was the, maybe the <coughs> single best iteration of, uh, of of the panel. I, I feel like it's still a lot of fun to give this this time. There were a lot more people that had seen some of the more obscure stuff that I talked about. And that was cool to see a lot more positive feedback from the audience. Uh, it was it was it, it's kind of a point where when I first started doing this panel, two hours felt like it was dragging a bit just for me personally. But even at one o'clock at in the morning, I was still like, man, I, I could go another hour, and people were sticking around. People would mm-hmm. not leave the wow. panel. I was like, all right, here's here's our you know here's our name, here's our your Facebook page. I'm gonna show one last video, and that'll be it. And then it ended, and no one walked out. It's like, go home. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. God, <laughs> you kids. But uh, yeah, as always, it's a lot late. of fun. Really enjoyed it. I I think uh, let's go ahead, Austin. Didn't you have somebody on a Facebook review said uh, say it was better than drinking in the room? No, sitting <laughs> outside, outside and drinking. Oh, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the highest honor I could ever have been given. To be fair, uh, I do I do enjoy my Saturday night convention drinking. That's a long time tradition of mine that I didn't mm-hmm. get to engage in this weekend because of you know twenty four freaking hours of panels. But uh, busy yeah. bees. No, I mean, if I can, if I can, you know, I don't. I wouldn't call what I do, hell, you know, anime hell. I feel like there's a certain context there. But I, if I can, even be appreciated on such a similar level, I would. I would uh, very, very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, be very appreciative of that honor. Mm-hmm. I think uh, mm-hmm. the the panel was uh, entertaining. I love that's one of my favorite panels you do because it's always interesting. Just uh, the the shows you show. And uh, I think part of the part of the panel for me was watching it and being entertained by the the great visuals, and then watching my brother conduct to the music of your panel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hank! 
So two other big things that we got to do on Saturday was both of our um, interviews that we got to do, which are up on the feed as we speak. Uh, one with uh, Robert Woodhead that Bill and I did, and one with y- Linda Young who uh, that Sully did. Uh, and both of those were really good uh, experiences. Uh, we messaged Robert maybe a couple <coughs> weeks ago via email and just said, hey, I know you're going to be in town doing a panel about Animago, because uh, he's the CEO of the company, and... Um, we just asked him, hey, would you mind coming on the show? And he said, sure, it'd be no problem. So uh, Bill and I met up with him, what was it, around like 1 o'clock? It was, yeah, some, some, it was, a, it was around lunchtime. Yeah, one, one-ish. And uh, whenever we met up with him, he seemed like really tired. So I was kind of worried. It's like, I, I really hope that we're not like bothering him or anything. But uh, once we got him, like, once we got a good place to sit <laughs> down and started recording, he... Uh, he was a really fascinating guy to talk to, so definitely really appreciate having him on the show. He was he was a really cool guy, and he answered a lot of our questions uh, very well and had some really great stories to share. So oh. it's always awesome to be able to bring people onto the show and just hear their perspectives about whatever it is that they've worked on and spent their career doing. And Austin, we, we continued the Robert Woodhead Hour by going to the Animego panel, which I thought was really interesting. Because yes. he talked about all their Kickstarters they're doing and how uh, they they basically announced that their next Kickstarter they're going to be doing is Megazone 2-3. Ooh. Yeah. So that's pretty... Yes, yes. That's pretty exciting. And it was kind of, it was kind of funny. It was a lot of um, older fans and it was kind of uh, them kind of asking for their Christmas wish list of like, hey, do you think... Um, there's a chance that you could get Macross <laughs> out, <laughs> or like, have you ever thought about like doing um, the music for vinyl? Shows? Vinyl. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. believe someone asked him about about vinyl. They spent, they, they spent like 15 minutes talking about vinyl. <laughs> Mr. Woodhead, I have one word for you, Yatterman. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe, yeah, you never know. I mean, um, the Kickstarters are doing who dares quite, quite, to quite dream? Well. <laughs> quite well. It so. worked out for Anime Souls. Wait, no, it didn't. Oh no, 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 it did not. RIP. <laughs> but uh, no, his his panel was entertaining, and he's always an interesting guy to hear his thoughts because since he's been around for a, such a long time. So, what was it like to interview Lindy Young, Sully? Oh my goodness! So, um. We got the interview just because I was going to ask Animazement to, like, be the liaison, and you were the one that you found, like, her, her professional email and uh, had me send uh, the request, and she was very gracious. I was worried because we kind of gave each other the runaround because apparently another group was wanting to interview her, and, like, there was, like, a bunch of mix-ups, and, like, Animazement was, re- was like, telling her stuff, too, so, like, we were all, like... And I was like, oh god, she's gonna hate me. She's gonna like 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 ban me from her presence or something. Um, but no, it was it was beyond wonderful. Um, it was it's a very surreal thing. Like I, I keep mentioning this, like Frieza was like my favorite anime character as a little kid because Dragon Ball Z was like my first real anime I watched, even before Pokemon. Like I was like in the first grade, and I always just gravitated towards Frieza. And he was my favorite. I, well, that sounds weird, but like I said, it's like, you know, when you are the little weird effeminate kid, like the little tiny pink and purple alien, you know, who sounds like a woman is very empowering. Um, and it was just so sort of mind-blowing that, like, if I could go back and tell, like, like first grader Sully, it's like, you get to meet Frieza and ask 
his actress all sorts of questions like it's just amazing your life has come to this point like he would not believe you um so I had a wonderful conversation with her uh both on and off mic it was very nice um I definitely consider it one of the highlights of my sort of otaku career um so I'm very proud of the interview if you have not listened to it yet please do and um I hope that my I have a new goal and that goal is I want to interview all of the English Frieza voice actors. And if I can find a way to do it because of the language barrier, if I can interview Reese Nakao, if that's either a podcast or written, I want to do it. My goal is now I have to interview all the Friezes. And I've gotten one down, only have like seven to go or something. <laughs> I know the three of them were Daisy, so uh, and so it's like <laughs> Linda Young and Pauline Newstone, who was like the very first, but she wasn't in for very long, and now Derek Stephen Prince. Uh, or Stephen Derek Prince. I'm sorry if I mix those up. Uh, Chris Ayers, um, who hopefully he will recover soon, and Damon Mills. So that's five. Recent cow. I might be missing one. There's like one or two who like did like a video game voice, like the Final Bout voice. But I don't count them. Um, so I got I got a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and little Karibo is the cherry on top. The honorary <laughs> Frieza. Exactly. Uh, and be- sorry, but before you get to Sunday, Hank wanted me to mention this. Um, uh, Austin, you're gonna have to help me with the name. Who is the founder of Mappa? Who's always at Anime's Moon? Oh yeah, Masao Mariyama, who I got another autograph from. He, I got to meet him again very briefly and tell him how appreciative I was of his life's work. He's a awesome man. Yeah, Hank went to Masao Mariyama's Q and A panel, and he asked him about um, Satoshi Kon's Dreaming Machine, which was his last. A movie he was working on before he passed away and he said that um they're doing a documentary on satoshi Kon that's supposed to come out i think either later this year or in 2020 and that they're, they're going to feature footage feature footage from dream machine um and that he is still hoping and working on getting that film f- finished which Hank got, wow. Hank got really excited about, and I am also super yeah. excited about. It. If that if they can show <laughs> footage of Dream Machine, I think that would be really exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think a documentary about Satoshi Kon would be awesome, and the fact that it's including it's something animated from Dreaming Machine is just like the the uh, cherry on top for sure. I just made that analogy, but I'm gonna make it again. <laughs> But yeah, I'm super excited to see that. I hope that it comes out here. That that seems to me like something G Kids would put out, especially since they did the uh, the Never Ending Man Hayao Miyazaki documentary. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that they put that one out as well. But uh, I guess wrapping it up here, unless anybody has anything else to say about Saturday, let's just move into the final day, Sunday. Starting off again at 9.30 in the morning. First one there. Waiting for all you you slowpokes. 
We had a really good turnout for that one, though. Like, just about every seat yeah. was full for a 9.30 on a Sunday, which I'm not even thinking about getting up out of bed at that time on a Sunday. <laughs> and what was this panel? 2019 Anime and Review. Yes. Tobias? Yeah, and uh, we, we still had a couple of people in the audience that were surrealism. So uh, I want to give a shout out to you cool kids that partied all night and woke up first thing on Sunday morning to go to my anime church. <laughs> uh, but it really was our anime church. Uh, this is another ensemble panel we do that, uh, you know, in the name itself, we just talk about the anime that's come out this year, the stuff that's going to be coming out later in the year. Let's give people a heads up, you know, sort of the opposite of my older panels. Let's talk about the new stuff rather than just the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it worked out. We had a, a wide variety of shows <coughs> that we talked about. Um, they, like like like, like uh, Tori had mentioned, there were quite a lot of people in the audience. I don't think the room quite filled, but for a 9.30, I'm pretty proud of what it did. And, uh, yeah, we got to cover a whole lot. Talk about, uh, uh, you know, like, like Kaguya and Sarazanmai and uh, Fruits Basket. Yeah, yeah, Dororo, a new mm-hmm. Fruits Basket. I got to give a shout out to a couple series we're going to be getting a couple seasons later. Uh, Dr. Stone and Astro Lost in Space, I think are the big, uh, and, and, and Fire Force are going to be probably the big ones that, uh, like the, the big popular series. But and of course, get... Promare. It's Promare. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the actual word is Promare. <laughs> but yeah, Promare. Well, Promare, correct pronunciation, but it just came out literally that weekend that uh, we were at Amazement. And it's a trigger thing, so it'll probably take a little bit. Hopefully Netflix doesn't get it, because that'll mean we'll get it in two years. God, <laughs> I saw, I saw um, somebody on my Twitter feed um, that lives in Japan said it's, quote-unquote, the best thing Trigger's ever made. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, yeah I've been seeing those reviews, and yeah, it looks like the most triggered thing that Trigger's ever triggered. Maybe it'll and turn that, my that, point on them around. We'll see. <laughs> hey, it's a it's a movie, so it's short form, so it, yeah. it probably will scratch that bill itch. Unfortunately, the the second trailer or the third trailer showed off a good bit of the ending, as that big sin that trailers often partake on. Uh, so I get to see a little more than I wanted, and it definitely looks very Gurren Lagann esque, which is exactly what they build it as. So if, if you like Gurren Lagann, you're gonna love Promare. <coughs> if you hated Gurren Lagann, you're probably a terrible person, and I never want to talk to you again. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm a ty- I'm a terrible person. <laughs> well, Bill, I'm cutting you off. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice friendship, but uh, any yeah, I mean, so I, I can't wait for Promare to come out. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But uh, I was able to give a quick shout out to Chiaya Furu season three. We're gonna be getting on October. Uh, that's another thing I'm gonna make you fools watch because. Shigata Furu is the best sports anime ever made. Better than ping pong? Uh, well, God, why are you gotta make me choose, Austin? God, <laughs> I'm, sorry, the I'm like sorry. This. <laughs> ping, ping, it's the best non, uh, non-science Saru made sports anime. Oh, okay. It's very specific. expert opinion. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that was, it was a pretty, it's kind of a continuation of what we did <laughs> last year with the 2018 year review. And another one of these panels that I feel like we can keep doing as long as we keep our fingers on the pulse of what's going on and, you know, enjoying these Japanese animations. I just think when there's a lot coming out, especially in one season that you might not be sure about, um, having somebody kind of, like, curate that for you um, is a lot easier than just going through and trying to watch one episode of everything that came out that season. Right. 
definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, our next one was a brand new, brand spanking new panel that Tori and I did for the first time, which is our Kyoto Animation panel, which I think turned out really well. I was very pleased with how that turned out. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't a super big <laughs> crowd, but everybody that was there seemed really down for it. Um, yeah. So we kind of just went through the history of KyoAni and then talked about um, some of their biggest hits both in the past and sort of in the present we talked a lot about Naoka Yamada who has only gotten a lot more famous lately from her movies like Tomiko Love Story and of course most famously like A Silent Voice recently and then of course Liz and the Bluebird so she is not consistently knocking it out of the park and it's uh really incredible her uh work output considering she is so very young for uh, anime director um standards oh yeah um and then we just talk about KyoAni's like business practices and how they work as an animation studio and how they're different than other studios and uh, I just think it was really fun because I really like KyoAni stuff like I'm of course big into of course like sci-fi and like drama and comedy and stuff but I really like KyoAni's like softer approach and it's more about uh, characters and uh, interactions between them and sort of very just a generalized softness that I really mm-hmm. love about KyoAni so uh, it was really great to be able to show that love through through that panel quickly speaking about KyoAni I, uh, they just announced they're doing another sound euphonium season or series oh yeah so and that will be yet another season I need to catch up on because I have barely watched any <laughs> sound euphonium <laughs> You better hurry up. <laughs> I know, I know. I've seen Liz and the Bluebird, and I've seen like three episodes of season one, but uh, that's why I passed the mic to you to talk about Sound Euphonium <laughs> during the panel. It's a good show. It's a very, very good show. Yeah. Did you have any takeaways from that panel? Um, <clears throat> like you said, it had a really good crowd reception. Everybody was um, really interested, and a lot of people that were in the 2019 in review stayed to watch it too mm-hmm. I noticed um had quite a few people come up and ask some questions and mm-hmm. um <clears throat> that was nice but yeah it was really fun because that's a um that is a studio that's very near and dear to me because they're actually what got me back into anime oh 10 years ago huh? um <laughs> so kind of like sharing what makes them so great with people who like may not know about them or um may and not recognize that that is KyoAni is really fun we made Tobias cry. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. You're it, welcome. It has been zero commissions since I teared up thinking about a silent voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a good movie. And it's on Netflix literally right now, so everybody <laughs> stop listening to this podcast and go watch that movie. Yes. Yeah. All right, shows. and now that everyone has left, uh, Sully, talk about your next panel. So, uh, my panel was my LUM panel, uh, LUM Forever, celebrating 40 years of Urusa Yatsura. Um, this was another touch-and-go panel in the fact that, uh, I was not sure how to quite structure it because, one, uh, Urusa Yatsura is a very long show and it has a lot of movies, a lot of OVAs, and a lot of comic, and, uh, it's, it's long, so I was like, okay, how do I kind of hit the high points here? Um, so that was one I was kind of worried about, and two, because it is an older anime, it might be celebrating 40 years, it might be hitting a sort of renaissance here, as we've discussed before. 
um, but still older. And when there was only like five people that showed up to the panel at first, I was very nervous it would be me kind of sadly sobbing through it. But I, I got a decent crowd. I think it was about 25 people who finally showed up. <coughs> and I had a lot of positive feedback. And um, although I do see places I want to improve it with, um, I had this couple... Um, who were maybe, maybe in their 40s come up and they had lump shirts. They were both in lump shirts and they told me I did such a great job Aww. and they were so sweet. And even today, someone like like uh, added our uh, Third Impact Twitter complimenting me on it. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I, okay, so I have to keep spreading the good word alone. This is my job now. <laughs> um, I had someone ask me, like, what order should I watch the movies in? And people asked me, like, oh, where can I find the series? Or like, oh, what can you tell about like the DVD releases that Animego did? Um... So those people are really engaged and they really enjoyed it and I, I tried to pull as much information I felt like people didn't know or weren't aware of um, and I got to make fun of Mamoru Oshii which is one of my favorite things. It's <laughs> like I love him but I also love to point out the fact that he's a vicious uh, snob so that was fun. Um, yeah it was it was really it was very chill it it, I, it it went really well but it was a very chill way to end my panels for the con it's like you know what we went on a, a nice high note that you know was really relaxed um so i'm looking forward to doing it again and tobias ending us out uh yeah that's what i do uh so i ended this here with my 2000s version of the 90s panel uh dvds digital subs and deflation uh, very, very similar, uh, I guess, outline for this one here, talking about both shows and media and just the general culture uh, of the time and, again, how it's changed. It's uh, it's very easy for my fellow olds to think about the 2000s <laughs> just being yesterday. But, uh, no, the 2000s are at least nine years ago, up to 19 years ago, uh, and things have definitely changed since then, absolutely. Uh, when you start to think about it, it's pretty drastic. So uh, likewise, just kind of did a panel on, on that specifically, and uh, I know there's a couple of different nostalgia panels, but uh, like just like the '90s, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what it, it was like to be a fan then, and and uh, just the, the inconveniences we put up with, and, and how things have changed. So uh, it's it's probably not as uh, bombastic as the '90s panel, simply because there's not quite the nostalgia factor involved. But uh, I still feel like there's, there's still a level there that pe- they were able to enjoy these people that showed up. Uh, so again, I want to thank you guys for sh- showing up. You know, so late. One of the last panels we did at the convention, uh, and just like the early morning risers, that it was not easy to still be going to and watching me talk about nothing, you know, for <laughs> hours on end. But uh, I I feel like it was really enjoyable. People seemed really engaged. So that's another thing I think I'm going to be running for quite a bit. And that pretty much wraps us up whenever it comes to our panels that we did. But uh, I will say... Two hours later. Two hours later, yeah. Two and a half hours later. Yeah, sorry this episode's so long, guys. We just had a lot lot to talk about. We talked too much. That's our slogan now. Exactly. And uh, I will say that my convention adventures did not end until about a week after the con because... I, like a fool, left my microphone that I'm currently looking at right now and using for this podcast <laughs> on the convention floor, which uh, Miley, the uh, wonderful, Ooh. our wonderful liaison on staff, uh, was kind enough to get that back into the hands of Tori to um, <laughs> get that back to me. So uh, thankfully that did happen, even though I'm a goofus and left it. Um, and I only realized that after I dropped Tobias off at the airport. Uh, so whoopsie. It all worked um, 
It when we talk about out. when we talk about Miley, I really quickly want to give a shout out to the to the uh, animazement staff who helped yeah. us. Uh, Sean, Virginia, uh, Wendell, and Matt Holmes were kind of the they, they were the people that helped us a lot this weekend. And I wrote their names down on a card and didn't get to tell them, so now I that came in handy. I do have <laughs> yep. to side tangent um, because Monday I went to work, and I think it was Monday. It was it was just a few days after the convention. And I am cleaning up, and I look up, and I meet eyes <clears throat> with Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, I know you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know you too. <laughs> so that was really funny. We chatted for a little bit, and I tried to help her pick out something for a gift, and she went on her way. <laughs> That's good. Uh, if we're talking about staff, I want to applaud... The AZ staff, because whenever I went into a, a panel room, they it seemed like that. There was always someone there to help you with tech setup. Yes. They were all, like, I wasn't waiting around, like, going, oh, what do I do? Um, so, because they were always there showing me, like, hook this in, hook that in. Okay, you're good to go. Uh, I, they were right on the money when it came to the panels, uh, to the panel rooms, and I think they did mm-hmm. a fantastic job. Yeah, and there were about two or three other panel staff people that we didn't get names of, but who also were very helpful throughout the weekend. So shout out to you folks as well. But um, now that we've complimented them, do we have any vicious criticisms for the convention? I hated it. <laughs> okay, we got vicious. that on record. Uh, I'm writing um, that down now. My my only really big complaint was uh, the autograph thing. Um, I've never had that happen before. I mean, I'm not usually a person who will wait in line for autographs um like that it's a rare rare thing for me so to kind of have that fear in me for just a moment that I waited in line for over an hour and might not get something um especially when we were well within the number limit was kind of scary um Mm -hmm. so I think they need just a little bit better way to um kind of like keep that cohesive whether it's like numbered cards or if you know you have to have um 150 people okay 25 people get this blue card and they go in first 25 people get this green card and they go in first something like that so i don't know Hmm. yeah maybe that might that might be helpful Mm -hmm. um I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like everything was very well polished this go around. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, uh, I guess, the major sort of broader existential complaint is that, like, Memorial Day weekend is jam-packed with conventions. And I think that that may not feel like a problem necessarily in 2019, but I don't know how many years... Like, all these separate conventions happening at the same time can all last yeah. without someone needing to blink. And it's not just conventions, it's other events, too, happening on that same weekend that causes, like, issues, too, logistically. Yeah, it is, I mean, it's obviously a holiday weekend, and it's got that Monday off, so, you know, everybody's doing something. But, mm-hmm. uh, when especially when the anime community, I mean, it, it's large, for sure, but it's also small, um, you don't want to be stretching them in too many different directions, and mm-hmm. Raleigh is not that far away from Atlanta, so, I mean, the fact that Momocon and Animazement are happening at the same weekend is, like, that, that does affect numbers in, in some way, and not to mention, um, 
what was it uh anime north was the weekend before and anime central was also memorial day weekend i think anime no, boston was going on right around the same time well, maybe i like asen was the week before okay. anime north was the same weekend yeah so all of that stuff going on at the same time and like it it may not feel like it necessarily matters because you'd be like oh they're just in they're in totally different states it's that one's all the way up in canada <laughs> or whatever but with the uh anime community being the size that it is it's like that kind of, that probably does matter so mm-hmm. i guess i'm wondering it's like well who's going to decide to move and when and is it going to be animazement is it going to be momocon is it going to be somebody else i i don't know I, I will I will say though because of people are having to pick and choose it felt less crowded which was kind of nice I didn't feel like I was a sardine and stuck in a sardine can oh absolutely mm-hmm. like, yeah I, that's definitely a, a net positive for sure the dealer's felt, room on the artist alley at no point ever to me I only went a couple times never to me got congested which was fantastic mm-hmm. and I will say right. this yes um, to me different cons have like different flavors um, based on that is true. Just the guests they get, the, the, the content they're putting out, the uh, programming they select. And um, Animazement, just for me, is my speed and flavor of con. I'm very slow. I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> We're old. <laughs> I'm old. Like, the thing is, like, I say, you know, I tell people, like, oh, I'm 25. And they're like, oh, you're in the flush of youth. You're just a kid. And then when I'm, like, in the anime convention, I'm like, I'm 25. And it's like, okay, grandpa, we get it. Like, we remember yeah. when you had to walk, like, 15 miles in the snow to buy, like, a like a, a, a figurine or whatever. Um, but, oh like, for me, like, I'm, I'm like I said before, it's like, I'm yeah, I'm only 25, but I'm basically an old taku at heart. I like older stuff. I am very old-fashioned. I like to talk about directors and uh, industry and cultural things. I'm not really into, the, like, the flash and the pan stuff. Um, and that's what I think AZ is, like, usually gives me is, like, more substance and more stuff that I relate to and I'm interested in. So, um, there is, I mean, we're gonna, I'm gonna address the elephant in the room. There is this kind of, like, you know, is AZ or is it Momocom right now? And for me, the answer for me is, you know, if you're into, like, the cosplay and the influencers and the, the scene and all that, Momocom might be for you. And I debated Momocom, but, like, when I went to AZ, I was like, you know, it's, it's, slow it's getting people it's getting the kind of guests i want to see um it's getting the kind of material i want to see so i'm going to stick with it and i hope that az continues um yeah the numbers have gone down but i hope it continues to keep going because i think what it has is special and i want to see it nurture that and you know if it goes through a slow period that's fine i hope it just picks back up and it keeps on keeping on I mean, any convention that can get Shinichiro Watanabe not only once, but twice is exactly. great in my book, so... Yeah, so, I, uh, I really respect Nikon that can get the Japanese guests and also yeah, get them I, in an accessible way. I mean, I cannot I, imagine only having to wait two hours to meet Kotono Mitsuishi in any other situation. Exactly, and the thing is, is these kids going to animazement they're just like i don't care about any of these guests because like yeah it's obvious you follow whatever flavor of the month cosplayer is happening right now and you're not into industry stuff and animazement i think even though it's branded as a family con like the crowd skews older um because people have been going for so long and it's kind of just like a force of habit at this point so um, (laughs) raise his hand yeah so it's like of course you know when you're 
15 and following, like I said, the flavor of the month cosplayer, somebody like Watanabe is going to be not interesting to you. <laughs> and here's the thing. People complain about animes getting repetitive guests, but here's how I view it. Um, I, as I've told everyone, it's like, guests are not necessarily like Smash Brothers character roster spaces. Mm-mm. Like... <laughs> It's not. So, like, I would like to keep the guests that return, and why I want them to return is, like, okay, everyone's like, oh, we'll get on every year. And I'm like, but here's the thing. New pe- new kids are getting the Sailor Moon, and they might yeah. not, they might not. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. And they might not uh, understand her importance there now. I didn't mm-hmm. when I first started. But when you get older, like, I want those people to have as many chances to, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but as many chances as they have with these guests um, while we have them and while they're available and while they're <laughs> yeah, still the willing to do ones this. Especially. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, how many more... That's I mean, how I feel about Masao Mariyama exactly. trying to go and see him every year. How many My... more cons with him do we have? And I'm, again, not being morbid, but like, it's sort of those, like, mm-hmm. we need to keep these guests coming because we need to keep them accessible to the people My who pers- will one day appreciate them. Right, and my perspective changed. I went to a closing ceremony for the first time in the 10 years I've been going to conventions, and hearing those Japanese guests sit up there and so genuinely, and I mean, I don't know, they could have just been being very polite, but some of them were return guests um, going, you know, I had such a fun time this year. I hope to be invited again. I look forward to hearing from Animazement every year to hopefully be invited again. And I'm just like... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for being like, Animazement gets the same guests all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean, it's important. I mean, that's, I think that's really kind of what sets it apart, you know, when, when people come to this convention and they're sort of treated as like part of this huge family rather than just like, (coughs) oh, we'll get you for this year but maybe not next year because like you're not relevant anymore or whatever. It's like. Right, and it was just like. They would say, you know, we had so much fun walking around and, like, looking at people in cosplay, and I'm just like, oh, that's okay, I'm fine, I'm sorry, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, Austin was saying, like, I didn't get to see Maruyama this year, but I'm hoping I will next year if he comes, because I'm only just now starting to get more into the the studio map, map oeuvre, so... Uh, when I start to respect that more, I will be like, oh god, I hope, I, I hope I'm not too late. I hope I do get to tell you that I appreciate what you've done and all of the mm-hmm. work that you've done for decades. Um, mm-hmm. Since Astro Boy. Since Astro Boy. Imagine <laughs> having someone of that caliber. If uh, if all this means they bring back Mitsuishi, I'm more than happy with that aspect. Yes. Well, god, long live the queen. I, mean, I, I would. I mean, to be the, I guess, the voice of the sun. I, I do feel like I wish they would bring in more guests than the more newer guests than just the same guy. How uh, you mentioned Nakao, the the free one of the Frieza guys, but it's just like, I mean, he's been there for like five years now at least, and yeah. Frieza's cool and everything. But I, 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 I guess I can appreciate you know new new people showing up and seeing yes. him for the first time, but. We also did mention that a lot of the returning uh, attendees to Animazement are older, so they've already seen him or had chances to see him mm-hmm. over and over again. I think it's less of a either or, but like a yes and situation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, they, they have limited resources they can put in for these guests, and sure, if he's a, for instance, I mentioned him, but like him or Mariama are easy choices because they're they're there. 
Sure, but that could also be a spot we could get, you know, Studio Trigger could come back or a different studio altogether or, you know, I, I, I don't know, Ikuhara. We see, you know, like it's difficult to like agree with that point when also we're getting Ito in Toronto yeah. and they just announced today that Katsuhiro Otomo is going to be an anime expo. Now, I'm not saying that because we have, you know, Keiko Hanagan, we're not getting Otomo because there's a lot of different factors there, of course, but you know, if I had a choice to see, you know, the Frieza voice actor again or somebody completely different, I'd honestly choose somebody different at this point. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, a happy balance between having a, them come back a few years. Like Watanabe showed up a couple of years. Mariyama's been here a couple of years. And again, not to get on the morbid <laughs> side, but sure, he's been here a couple of years. We've had a chance to interact with him as a community as a whole. Um, it would be great to see him again. But if it his absence means somebody else, I think they wouldn't be averse to doing such a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, yeah, just just to be honest, there. So I feel like yeah, you're, you're again, certainly not... not wrong. I don't think we would disagree with that idea, but uh, I just think that it's important to recognize the the, pos- the the positive nature of the relationships that they've built with returning guests, and I think that there's something to be said with that. Um, in addition to the point that you're making, which I also agree with, of you know it's always good to sort of branch out and bring the, bring in those new people if they're available uh, for fans to get a chance to see people they've never interacted with before. So yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was I feel talking like you should definitely consider with a, with a good yeah. friend of mine who's been doing cons for a long time. And he said, you know, Animazma is is very well known for its ability to, to court Japanese guests uh, very easily because they do just have a very wonderful reputation there so um i'm hoping that's a power that in the coming years they flex a bit more um like i said i want nabashid back because i didn't get to meet him i didn't see excel saga until later um all right y'all it's time to wrap it up (laughs) (laughs) sorry to cut you off i do want to mention one of the complaints i had which is not really a complaint with az but something i want to address Okay, go for it. Oh, um, so this is something that I'm going to be the killjoy. I'm going to be the 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 old nagging lady in the room. Um, it is 2019, and we live in a world where <laughs> staff are wearing a Hagal shirts, and I oh, want dear. to draw a firm line that I think staff, attendees, guests, whatever, do not need to be doing that. I think that. One of the problems I had with AZ is in the um, in the dealer's room, they had uh, lowly uh, body pillows on full display. Uh, me and Tori went across a booth where they had 18-plus material, very easily seen. And I think that that's something I want to address in the future is if this is going to advertise itself as a more family-friendly con, I want to see that in... I want to see that better. And I think... You know, I'm going to be the killjoy. I am willing. Bring me the hate. I think a Hagal shirt's need to be banned. Just done. Just, we need to be adults here and in the proper way. Um, so yep, that's, Those shirts are gross. I don't think you'll find any disagreement here. They have pants now. And I was like, it's just getting worse. It's like a, it's like a spreading, festering disease, like a rash. And I want it gone. I want the, I want the yep. preparation H applied to the Hagal shirts. <laughs> They are the Yowie paddles of our time. They are, oh, and if we can get if we can get rid of Yowie paddles, we can get rid. We can of get rid of anything. No. Okay, we're we're at, next. We're gonna be ranting about Homestuck, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stop it there, and just as a as a nice addendum, I'm gonna say overall, I had a really 
great time at Animazement because I think the key was I got to do what I wanted to do panel-wise. It's something that I want to see at, at cons, which is why I finally <laughs> got my button gear and did panels. And the, the, the thing that's more fun than anything is conventions are just a great excuse to see friends you haven't seen in a long time. Like my friend Michael, yes. I haven't seen mm-hmm. him in two years, and it was great to see him in person. We were joking like... Oh my god, you're not just a disembodied voice over voice chat. <laughs> so it was just, it was great seeing him and Rin, who was uh, another roommate of mine from college, and just, uh, and seeing you guys uh, also is just, it's always a, just a, a fun time with, thir- with the third impact crew. So overall, I had, oh, I, 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 had a, I had a ton of fun. My only suggestions are do a flea market on Thursday and have individual day passes. You should do that. This has been the, like, I'm very used to conventions having at least something happen. Like, there's some screw-up or some drama or some ridiculous thing that just, you know, puts puts a sour note. But this one, no, perfect. And I have to fully say, it's also, you know, I I didn't have to worry about a hotel or parking that was handled for me. (laughs) So that's a luxury that other people may not have. But, like, the panels that were not ours, they looked great. Um, the, the, the uh, con attendees for the most part were very well behaved and polite and nice. Uh, I like that the dealer's room had a lot of vintage stuff because that's what I'm getting into is like going and looking at like old magazines, old records, stuff like that. It was nice they had that. The artist alley had a lot of wonderful things. Like it was overall just like the perfect con experience. Like it was the most relaxing vacation I have had in years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I think that caps it off here at the end on a very good note, which I couldn't agree with more. So thank you guys all for coming on here and talking way too much as we do about anime crap. (laughs) Uh, So Tobias, uh, actually, you know what? I'll do this real quick first before I do the social media roundups. We now have uh, at least two prominent ways that you guys can help support this podcast and our panels monetarily. Yes, we are asking for your money if you are so willing to give it to us. We now have a both a Kofi and because everybody was doing it, we now have a Patreon because the internet rule of Bill is that if you do anything creative on the internet, eventually you will get a Patreon. And that is true because they did that uh, rate hike just recently but uh, Tobias had the foresight to get us in on that uh, before they did that. So now we have a Patreon page. If you guys would like to donate to help this podcast happen, we would really appreciate it. We don't have anything in terms of real like rewards necessarily, but we've got a $1 and a $5 tier, and we are open to the idea of rewards uh, down the road in the future. If you wanted to uh, submit any ideas that you might have or things that you might want to see, we are all ears. We are constantly listening for things like that, so please let us know. And that's over on Patreon at patreon.com slash thirdimpactanime. We also have our internet tip jar via Kofi, which is ko-fi.com slash thirdimpactanime. And if you forget all of that, you can find that very easily through our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash thirdimpactanime, or just thirdimpactanime.com, and you can find everything there. So we would really appreciate it if you guys wanted to give us some internet tips. That would be wonderful. And again, that brings us to the end of the episode. If you want to talk more uh, to me personally about anime topics, you can find me easily over on Twitter at BebopShock. And what about you guys? Where can you find the rest of you guys? 
Um, okay, going down the line, I am WB Foreman, F O R E M A N nine 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 on Twitter. I've started doing uh, Twitter reviews of stuff that I've been watching. So I did uh, written Twitter thread reviews on Goemon's uh, Blood Spray, and I did uh, one on the Lupin special I just picked up, the Alcatraz Connection. So I'm probably going to do more of that in the future because it was fun writing those. And it was really easy, so uh, I'll probably be doing more fun reviews. Uh, I retweet a lot about Lupin, Hearthstone, One Piece, and just regular old memes because everyone loves the memes. So You can find me on Twitter at Wearswaifu, but I'm exiting so I can pee. You guys are great. Good night. Bye. Bye, Tori. <laughs> I'm interjecting. <laughs> That's why Tori's the worst waifu. <laughs> Our worst waifu. All right, well, uh, hey, I'm Tobias. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at uh, Reverend underscore Tobias. Uh, I mostly um, yell about Wooloo and Corviknight and all the new Pokemon that just got released <laughs> today. Uh, talk about all these great Pokemon. I also like to post out-of-context quotes from Sully because Sully is hilarious both in and out of context, but mostly out of context. Uh, yeah. Baby water. <laughs> Gosh, I hadn't thought about that in a long time anyway. So, Sully, so, so this is a positive comment. You are our Paul Lynn, Charles Nelson Riley uh, comic genius of, of Third Impact anime. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that I'm the dirty bubble. <laughs> and and uh, a major factor on uh, 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 the match game. Yes! On that note, you can find me on Twitter at Calvacud. That is C-A-L-V-A underscore K-U-N. And I mostly just complain about things like how the modern world leaves me in despair. Um, and I would like to take a, a brief moment before I go to say, remember, only you can say no to a Hagar shirts. <laughs>